Weird Science DC Comics Podcast will spoil this week's comic books and use very, very naughty words. If either of those things upset you, go listen to NPR. When you eventually grow a pair, don't worry, we will be waiting for you. Thank you and enjoy. Previously on Weird Science. Her husband was in the hospital, and she wanted to see if I could give her a ride. I probably resembled something from her home country that was an urban legend. Five people listening to this. Yeah. Three of them are shaking their fists at me. Well, honestly, it could have been important because Jess was out picking up some uh, last-minute Christmas gifts, so I, <laughs> I had the house to myself. I found the Jewish television channel. All right. Which only... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you going to sound awful? What are you going to go with here? I know but, more about Mortal Kombat than you, even though the newer yeah, stuff. I know. If you know three characters, you know one. Exactly. You can't have an entire year be set up. But I've read comic books most yeah. of my life. No way that will well, ever happen. Already, we're, we're off track now. That just sounds awful. It sucked. Yeah, it, it sounds was, like. Just each week was a new adventure. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice, are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Welcome back, all you hip shakers and love makers. This is episode two of Weird Out Loud. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And so, what's going on for the week, Jim? Uh, not much. I guess we should address that we didn't have a podcast last week. Oh, we had a podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, or did we? Because we certainly did. We had, what, probably about two hours of talking? Yeah. And then my computer crashed. Catastrophic failure, we call that in the business. Yes, epic fail. I, uh, I'll blame your computer because I think I lost the call with you, and then after that, somehow my computer froze, shut off, and then I could not get it on for, what, two days? Yeah, it, it, I, you didn't even tell me you got it back on if you were using another computer. Until Monday. Monday is uh, when I think Sunday night I got it back on. Uh, everything that we had done seemed to be corrupted. I had worked on Saturday for what seemed to be the whole day on getting things ready and then that well first off we have to say saturday we were going to do it which is when we're doing it right now and i kind of bailed on that because of football yeah so, you're like oh well we're not prepared yet we'll do it tomorrow morning I was like, you motherfucker you want to yeah. watch the freaking football that was game what it was i wasn't prepared but i uh i say that the karma got me back then on sunday afternoon because man we we lost everything <laughs> But we're here today. You're telling me it's my fault. I went on about Justice League, uh, uh, the Justice League Dark of New of uh, Future Zen for like two minutes before I realized the college dropped. <laughs> That's the best. You just kept talking. It's like when you're on the phone and you're talking, going on and on, and the, the person's not there. And all of a sudden, you get the dial tone. Is there dial tones anymore? Um, I would. I don't. No, I guess I don't not. Even have a, a, a I guess if you had a landline, I. We don't even use our landline, so I'm sure that people well, dial tone. Kind See, of I don't just... even believe that's a real thing. I think that's just something they put in movies and television so you know yeah. the other person hung up. 
I just, I still remember talking on the phone with phone cord and twirling it, my dad yelling at me. It, I mean, <laughs> at the Werner house, everything, we were late on everything except maybe getting the Betamax. My dad was right on with that. Anything that would fail, my dad would get right with it. That's what my dad would do too. Like he he swore up and down the Betamax. So like, well, it yep. was actually Betamax was yep. better than VHR. They claimed the picture and sound was better. Big in California, <laughs> not so big in Quaker Town. No, no, not that in Warminster either. I have my one friend Herb was big on the laser disc. Oh, I remember yeah. he's like, oh, I'm getting this laser disc player. You got to see it. And he came in and he has like five movies and they're in those like LP jackets. Right. And they're falling all over the place. The, the things are just the worst. <laughs> the only laser disc I ever saw at like work was my aunt had a laser disc player. And uh, I was visiting my grandmother and she was there with her kids, my cousins. Yeah. And we're going to watch The Wizard of Oz on a laser disc. That's... And even worse. On one of those like three color projection TVs. Oh, that's I was, I I know exactly that probably had something burned into the TV. Yes, yes it yep. did. <laughs> yeah, I remember one of our friends. We used to go over there to watch bootleg movies way way back, and they had a TV like that, and they also had a Magnavox Odyssey, and one right. of the games. It was like a knockoff, like a platformer, in that the platforms were burned into the TV. So you have to kind of look around. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. And the whole, I forget what, oh, we were watching the bootleg of E.T., which I told you this story before, but they, they got this thing, and this is way back, and it was a cam set up somewhere in a movie. Th it was so bad. You couldn't hear cams anything. back then. Yeah, and all I could think of as well is, like, I, I wish we were playing that Odyssey. <laughs> that game looks pretty good. Did but, it have yeah. the date and time on the TV? What's that? Did it have the date and time oh, on yeah, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was all just screwed up. It was the best. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the the podcast kind of bit it. So we're going to try again this week. Uh, we also have a special guest because, like, we usually do things. We jump into things unprepared. Totally. And then go to the extreme. See how, so, see how well and how bad it can go. Yeah, yeah. Back so we'll, we'll be doing our second podcast. We're going to have a guest, uh, Ryan Clark, who online is also known as Brightest Daycare. Good guy. Which, yeah, that's how I kind of heard from him. I heard him on a couple other, well, not heard him, but he had written into a couple podcasts. He follows us around, you know, we talked to him a little online. So he'll be on to talk about Star Wars. Star Wars. The big Star Wars number one book that we can't review because you won't let us review anything but DC. Look. look <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's called Weird Science DC Comics, hmm. all right? Yes. What don't you understand about this? That That's a big book, though. That's a huge book. So, well, this is the way we're going to do it. So, If we can't DC review had gotten it, the rights to the Star Wars, we'd re be reviewing the hell out yeah, of it. It would have been, it would have been big. But it's big anyway. I had a million copies uh, pre-sold. That's what they say. I don't know that, if I believe it yet. Well, here's the thing. They have that loot box. Yeah. Which, if anybody doesn't know, you kind of get a blind pack or package each month. And in it, had, they have comics, what you know, geeky things. And they got a variant cover uh, exclusive for them that they're going to put in the box. Which a lot of people I heard were a little angry. Because the fun of this thing is to not know what's going to be in the box but since they wanted they bought all these variant covers they're going to want people to try to sign you know it's a big thing to yeah. sign up to get this variant so of course, yeah of course they're going to let it out there because then people are going to sign up for their service 
So, and you ran, you ran to what's that? How are people bitching about it? I think because the people, the people who already had it think, you know how people are when somebody else jumps in afterwards and they think they're too cool. They think, oh, oh, I was on loot box before. I didn't just jump. Like you growing up? Yeah, like me with everything. (laughs) But I don't, you didn't buy Star Wars, right? No, I did not. (laughs) Because we, we get all our books digitally. So we don't got, there was like 800 variant covers. You can quote me on that. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. Though. I'm like 800. No, I'm I have just saying there were so many. There were so like... many variant covers that, and it's a 4.99 book. It's an oversized book, and it's Star Wars, and they're gonna try to get all the money they can. But they had so many variant covers that there's no way anybody could afford to get everyone. But we'll we'll leave this for when we talk to Ryan because this is his thing. He's he's big on it. He really liked it. Uh, we might even get him to talk a teeny bit about Clarion uh, because he he read it, wanted to talk about it, and I hated it. So who wants to talk about Clarion? Uh, nobody. So what did you do this week? Anything crazy? Um, no. I started the week off sick. Like I said before, I've been battling a cold, which seems like forever now. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Yeah. But it's. It's really become obvious to me with this cold and everything else. I live on the third floor of my building. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend works from home, and the office is set up in the bedroom. Is that what she calls it? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> yes, the office is set up in the bedroom. Oh. Only work gets done here, no play. The office. Huh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I come home the other day from work, and I have a routine where I like take off my hoodie and my shirt, stuff like that, and I go in the bedroom and get stuff. And as I walk past her... <laughs> Yeah. She puts the call on hold and asks me, what's wrong? <laughs> At first, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? She proceeds to tell me that, why, like, you're breathing really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she's actually on a call for work. Yeah, she's on a right. call for work with clients and whatnot. Okay. And all of <laughs> a sudden. I come in, breathing real heavy. I, I have no idea about this. I'm not thinking about it. I'm just mm-hmm. going through my routines. So I get, like, you know, onto the site and start doing some stuff for the day. Yep. You're a big, fat slob. I'm a big, fat slob, apparently, because oh. I, once I left the room wondering what the hell she's talking about, I realized how heavy I'm breathing. Yes. Um, and the walk up the stairs totally kicked my ass, apparently. Yeah, I'm with you. I we we have our one flight of steps and if I have to run up real quick I used to actually when when I walk around I used to try to run everywhere to try to keep in shape this is when I actually cared and now I just I I really all the time I'd see people who are a little overweight or way overweight and I would always say, like, oh, man, they make so many excuses not to do things, and that's why they're heavy. And that I, – I won't even get up to move across the room. I just sit there, and I'm like, I got, I got to go over and do that and on the computer. I, I can wait. I'm so lazy. Uh, Getting to, old sucks, folks. Oh, my God. Today we uh, had – I'm 32. How old are you, Jim? I am 45. Yeah, getting old sucks. Once you hit that 30, it's all downhill. Oh, it's the worst. I don't even remember 30. <laughs> it's, oh, it's so bad. But I told you, we were working together, and you were laughing it up. And I said, I tell you, when you hit 30, it's big trouble. And, oh, no, no. And what? You hit 30, and like three months later, you'd gain 30 pounds. Oh, <laughs> my God. I have no idea how it happened. It's like my body spontaneously shut down. Uh, could, because you laughed at me. Yeah, it's karma, I guess. Yes. Well, hey, guess what came out this week? 
Okay, or man. today, I mean, not this week. Today. What are we talking about? Uh, the sales numbers. Oh, shit, real? Yep. Uh, well, the top ten. Uh, and they, they actually uh, announced, uh, Diamond announced the top ten for December and uh, also the top ten of 2014. Oh, shit, they're getting fancy now. Yeah, well, they, they didn't. They didn't uh, release the actual numbers, just the order like they do, and then next week they'll they'll announce everything and everything will be all out. But number one for last month was Batman 37. Nice. It's not a big shot. About time Batman gets back on top. Well, here's the thing. Don't get used to a lot of DC numbers <laughs> or name of, uh, books in this list because they are also – Batman Annual number three was uh, four, which actually shocks me. I, I didn't think that – a lot of people. Do you think if you have a, a Batman pull list, they just automatically pull the annual too? Yeah, that they I would should. assume, right? Even yeah. though there's two in that that month. My pull list always would. Oh, okay, because I it I don't know that that actually surprised me a little bit just because it was a it wasn't Scott Snyder it was a kind of a side story but uh, Justice League uh, 37 was number six. And that that wasn't actually an okay issue. I'm not yeah. a big fan of this Amazo story yet, uh, gotcha. the virus story, but I liked last issue. And and that was it. That's all of them in the top That's ten. It. Yeah, you also have number two was Amazing Spider-Man number eleven, number three is Shield number one, which if I was Marvel, I don't know, I would have assumed that would at least have been number two. Right. The show and on. then you have uh, like I said, Batman Annual number three is four. Uh, Thor number three came at five. There's all these. Then it's Amazing Spider-Man Annual, Avengers and X-Men Access, seven, eight, and nine, or seven, nine, and eight round, rounded out. But here's the thing. In the 2014 books of the year, right? top ten sellers, there's no DC. And these are, you, are, you know, these are the single-issue top sellers. Nope, not one DC. In fact, it's... It's Amazing Spider-Man number one, Walking Dead 132, and I think that was one that may have been a Loot Crate uh, deal, too, that they got a bunch of those. I'm not sure, but I think that was. They have Rocket Raccoon number one, Death of Wolverine one and four, Thor number one, Original Sin number one, Death of Wolverine two, Death of Wolverine three, Superior Spider-Man number 31, and that's... Well. That just shows you, DC, you got to fucking step up your game. I know, I was thinking we might have to start a new site, start doing Marvel... I actually was the thinking. Lost Boys. No, Lost I was actually Lost? thinking a different one since we were talking. Will be Point Break, MarvelComics.com. But a yeah, lot of President Reagan symbols going on. Yeah, so it'll be great. Some surfing. Yep, always surfing. <laughs> the thing is, with like you said about the books, DC really. I know that convergence is coming up, but to me, that's not going to do anything. No, that's what I'm saying. They don't. I don't. I don't want to say they don't get it. But something they're just missing something, and I, I talk to a lot of people online, and yeah. I have not seen Convergence being hyped up or any like nobody mm. is hyped up about this t like title coming out or this no. event. They actually, um, I saw a lot of the covers today, and it was it looked like DC had released to a bunch of people uh, the cover and then one page. It's like a you know an advanced preview, so it has the cover, yeah, and then one inside page. And I was going to put a couple up on the site, uh, but again, I, I looked at them and it seemed like a lot of work to put them all up for right. one. And the other, it just, nothing really grabbed me. If there was something that I really would have liked and thought, oh, and that was even, even Plastic Man was one of them. Well, I and, saw the Batgirl one, I want to say it was uh, Thursday. Okay. 
and I thought that looked pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I just, nothing really like, oh my God, I have to put this up. I got to get this out there. They're out there, so anybody can, you know, look them up and look, but I, I really wasn't that inspired uh, to look at them. But there's well, also, what? I'm saying, I think there might be a change, though, because the one driving force that Marvel has that DC doesn't at this point yeah. are the movies. Yep. And I think in the upcoming years, if these movies are actually good and not just depressing and shit yeah. and dark as hell, Yep. The numbers will show it. I, here's the thing, though. I kind of disagree only because where is the comic that's kind of based off of uh, Man of Steel? It's it's uh, Unchained. And, uh, that was huge. Uh, it, but it wasn't really off of Man of Steel. No, it wasn't, but it I'm came saying, out around you, the time of Man of Steel. If you look at the, uh, the top ones, you have Rocket Raccoon number one at yeah. the third book. That's big. Uh, Spider-Man's always big, but then you have their original sin, and they, again, I might be wrong because Death of Wolverine dominated the. the well, say well, Death of like Origins back in the day when that came out. When you finally going to find like, the origin of Wolverine, it was huge. Everybody I talked to was all for that yeah, book. Yeah, but like I, what I'm saying is they have the Batman versus Superman, which is you know the prequel to a Justice League movie. It won't have anything to do. It's they separate the the movies from the comics, and I think that's uh, one of their big mistakes. What do you mean by separate? Like, well, you're, you're not talking about like a tie-in, are you? Well, not a tie-in per se, but it's not it, it's not even recognizable to me. Well, like, uh, you had the uh, the Dark Knight back in the day of the uh, the Batman yeah. the Dark Knight. But again, and I'm that saying that was an awful title, but it's you, sold. You had all these people go to see Man of Steel. Right. And then, what comic would you say for them? They're oh, I love this Man of Steel. What like if you went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy? Marvel's smart enough to release four different Guardians of the Galaxy comics right then. Yeah. And uh, DC doesn't do that. They they want to separate. And DC right now, it's not a big uh, surprise that their TV is is killing. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Arrow, Flash. Well, Constantine's not doing great, but I watched a new episode last night, and it was an awesome show. Yeah. Uh, Did did you like the new time slot? Yeah, it was a great new time. I almost forgot. I was out getting Chinese, and Jessica's like, "Uh, it's Constantine on. I'm like, yeah, don't worry. It's like, oh, it's on at 8. Well, fuck, hurry up, because it was like 7.50. I didn't even know it was on. Now I've fallen behind. I watched the first two episodes. I liked it, but yeah, I'm not, I don't have time. Yeah, my voice cracked. That's what I tell tell people. I don't have time to watch. yeah. You're uh, in bed by then. What is that? Isn't that a half-hour show? No, it's an hour show. An hour show. It is not the '80s anymore. Any show that it's worth an hour show. An hour show. Where is Family Matters? <laughs> I tune in. I get a full story in a half hour. Go to bed. <sighs> I really, I, I'm telling you, I have a real big problem watching anything over a half hour anymore. And that's why you haven't watched Shawshank Redemption yet. That is why. Yeah, I haven't. And I, I even made a reference in a comic a review to Shawshank Redemption. What, either this week or last week? I forget. It was uh, last week. Made a reference to it. And that should be illegal. I haven't even seen the movie, but I've seen so many references to it. But you don't even get half the references. No, I don't. I, I make them up. Ah. I just make them up. And the thing about it is, is I realize it, it, it's got to be a great movie. And it is I'm a great like, movie. It's, it's an amazing like, movie. I might be a dummy, but I'm not a dummy. So it's not like I don't watch it because I right. wouldn't understand it or anything like that. I don't watch it because 
to me, it's probably what four hours long that movie. No, no, it is probably like two and a half hours of that. Maybe two. That maybe seems two. like a long time. Honestly, it is probably two. That's why I like a comedy or a European movie. They're about an hour and a half. What fucking European movie are you watching? <laughs> I don't know. Is The Room considered a European movie? Who would even movie? watch James Bond? Nah, that's American. No, it's not. That's Americanized European. Fair I'm enough, talking but... like a Russian movie. Like, uh, the, uh, what's it? Like what Nightwatch? Is... Yeah, yeah. Nightwatch that's like 20 good. minutes long, right? No, no, it is not. Whew. Now, Drive go back a... to your days of middle school when uh, Return of the Jedi came out. How'd that work for you? Well, I read the book. You read the book. <laughs> I told you it didn't come to it didn't come to Quakertown. And you and, tried to pass it off as if you went to the movies. Well, what I what happened was is everybody had gone to other towns to see it, and my mom and dad neither of them would take me. My mom <laughs> didn't drive, and my dad was no way was he taking me to see a movie. Star Wars. What kind so of I, I got the the novelization, the movie novelization, and read it. And then I'm telling you, I I tried to keep low. Where people would start talking, and I, you know how it is when you you haven't seen something and you want to pretend you do, you you get very vanilla. You're right down I the middle, don't so you're like, that. yeah, you're like, huh, huh, yeah, I know. Any scene that somebody loves, that's your favorite scene. Or you, actually, you don't do that. Actually, if somebody's like, I like this scene, it is the greatest. You're like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, right down the middle. See, I, I have I, to do you it. Don't go, you don't go like that because then they might call you out on it. Well, uh, what well, didn't you like that's about it? Well, I still, you know. I was I wanted to fit in. I still didn't. I I saw it a year later in England. <laughs> part of a triple one. part of a triple feature. <laughs> Sat there. Look, the weirdest thing. Back in the, back in the day, you would sit through a fucking triple feature, but yep. you can't watch an well, hour. Well, here's show. the thing. The best was in England when I was there. This was what? When when did uh, Jedi come out? 1983. Yeah, this was 84. Then that makes sense. Um, in between movies. You, they would stop. You'd go out, and it, it was weird too because you could kind of just sneak in at any point, I think, because they'd let you go out and get snacks. But the snacks I kept getting were hard-boiled eggs. That is the grossest fucking yeah, at thing. The, at the theater, that and they didn't have popcorn. The, they had caramel corn, and I, you know, oh, hey, all popcorn. They gave me caramel corn. I didn't care. I ate it. But yeah, I ate a bunch of uh, hard-boiled eggs. And uh, pop caramel corn, and I probably farted so much in that theater. That it's and, like that. Jo- it's like that joke in Johnny Dangerously where they had the carp in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I I didn't see it till a year later, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, yeah, and I, I realized then that some of the scenes in the novelization <laughs> weren't exact, and I I actually there some were some... added. Oh yeah, and because I'm sure that most of the time those guys they get like one of the drafts of the script and who knows what's changed after that because they want to get the book out when the movie comes out it doesn't come out three months later so yeah right. i had the book in fact i think that i might have gotten the book beforehand and kind of bragged that i had seen it before anybody else it's very uh, possible how could you do that <laughs> uh, that's what i did uh, speaking of movies though how about that batman versus robin trailer oh yeah that just dropped on ign last night yeah i you... was happy as hell to see it yeah. Well, it turns out, though, I was not as informed as I thought because I thought this was a direct Court of the Owls freaking uh, movie. We were talking about it, and that's what I thought, too, when we heard it. Didn't looking... you think it was weird that we got the breaking news of the cast, and then yeah. a day later there was a trailer? Yeah, I actually was, thought uh... it was fake. What, not fake until I saw it. I'm saying when you told me that there was a trailer, it just didn't seem right. 
something seemed off there that we already had a trailer for a movie that they just announced Weird Al was in it a couple of days earlier. I like that cast though. Weird Al's Dollmaker. Yeah. Yeah, as long as she doesn't I, go over the top, I think it could be great. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer. It, it looks good. Uh, it's, again, though, it's not what I wanted it to be. No, I wanted to direct. I'm sorry, this is like a combination of Court of the Owls, apparently very little, what uh, people are saying, and more of Born to Kill from Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, a person commented on our site, and I agree with him or her. It's Chisanga. I think, yeah. that's, I think that would be a girl. I would hope what so. What do you I think, Chisanga? No uh, but, That's what I think. But we'll say she, but I agree that she said that she's kind of, this makes her a little worried because it's true. As the DC movies are released, they seem to want to change things and not give you the exact story that we like want. Putting shit instead of Aquaman in war? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I hated that. I know a lot of people didn't mind, and a lot of people actually preferred it, but Aquaman not in uh, Justice League War really kind of irritated me. And I, I wanted I Court of the Owls is such a strong story that I don't know why they aren't. It, it's almost like they don't think it's big enough, or they they're not. I don't know. They don't. They're not confident enough in well, not, the Court of the Owls. Oh, not only that. It's it's also with the writing. I would think is that you can't tell a direct like you know what goes down on a comic book will not uh, directly like uh, translate to media. Like yeah. a motion picture or whatever. But, you know, you'd, you'd start off, there's Batman, and then he kind of, as it goes, it's a, first off, it's first a mystery trying to figure out, oh, who are these owls? Then you find out that they have such ties with Gotham and in the history of Gotham, and then it led to that, and then I, I thought I thought it would be great for that. You think it would all just, like, the, the climax would be the Night of the Owls with yeah, all the people yeah. coming in? Yeah, I think it'd be great. And then, I mean, I think The Court of the Owls would be an easier story to tell as an animated feature than Forever Evil or Death of the Family I agree. at yeah. any point. Because I don't, I actually think Death of the Family would be a tougher one to put in an animated movie than Forever Evil because of all the different characters and all the different, not even just the tie-ins in the comics, but just all the different things about it. Forever yeah, it would Evil, have to be tweaked heavily. Yeah, Forever Evil, you could pretty much tell the basic story. The Justice League have disappeared. The villains have to band together yeah. to take out the bigger bands. Yeah, and yeah, you know, uh, the same person that's just sung on the site even said that it would take two or three parts, and I, I do think that Forever Evil could be a two-parter easily. I'm just saying, though, uh, they wanted to get the Dark Knight uh, Returns just right. That's why that was a two-parter, because yeah. it's such a classic story and beloved story. Yep. And But you, for these other movies, though, you do not need direct adaptations of them. From the work, no, because for the I, most part, you if you only wanted comic book fans and did that, you would sell so much, like so many less than I you know, would if a broader audience. I mean, when audience. you say a direct adaptation, I don't mind that they have to make it adapted to be a little more accessible. Right. But to change it around, like if they had Forever Evil, and instead of just Forever Evil, it's also mixed in with uh, the Godhead. It, it makes no sense. How's, how's that direct? What are you talking about? No, I'm saying how they this Court of the Owls, they're pushing it as a Court of the Owls, but instead it's just, it's, what's it called? Uh, Born, no, to, Born kill. to Kill. So why do you need that? You don't need that. Why not just well, give Court of the Owls? Birds give, one stone that way. Yeah, I know. It's just, again, a lot of times with DC and a lot of things they do, it seems like they end up doing uh, almost like you're trying to please so many people that you piss everyone off. 
Yeah, so true. you have you have the the Justice League War. Oh, Shazam! He's such a popular character. We have to, and they throw him in there, and then it's almost as if he's a big. Fu- he, they take an arc in the comics and then change it around to the point where they add a new guy and make him almost the main focus of the the whole thing. Well, I don't know. Like I say, like we can't make a direct adaptation, so they wanted to save Aquaman for their next feature, being Throne of Atlantis. I know. I have you seen Throne it of Atlantis? It makes sense to me. I, I'm not. I'm not worried at all about it because Marvel has the the beat, like the uh, live action movies, and yeah. DC has the animated right now. Every one I watch, I love. Yeah, yeah. The, and uh, again, yeah. I, I know there's all this talk, and we talk about it all the time. I wish they would do this, and wish they'd do that. Oh yeah. But it's pretty much proven. Somewhere I'm making this up, but to me it's it's <laughs> that uh, the the billion dollars that the Avengers made and the almost billion dollars Guardians of the Galaxy made didn't translate into every Marvel book selling five hundred thousand copies. It's, I don't I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, right, but, I, but I'm yeah, saying it's yeah, it's get, not everybody it. who we know people at work that have gone and seen those movies and can't wait. The guy Ben we work with, he can't wait for the Avengers. This guy might Does be the biggest Avengers movie fan ever to the point that he argues with me all the time about it <laughs> yet he's never going to buy a comic and said he never would he has no yeah. reason to buy a comic and he won't and then there i mean it's weird because then the opposite way that people most people do read comics we, we read dc comics we have a site that reviews only dc comics right. but yet when the avengers come out we're right there oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna skip work that day to go see it yeah is that what you call it skipping work yeah, whatever. There's a there's a difference from every other time. What what movie did you watch last Monday? Uh, I don't remember anymore. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Police Academy Four. That was on the other. No, Police Academy Two was on the other night, and I started watching that. And my girlfriend couldn't take it anymore. Really? And I was like, Yeah, I guess the '80s, like uh, most, like not most, like because some '80s comedies really do translate do you now. Think, but... Does does that? It doesn't hold up at all, does it? No, it does not. Uh, you think, think you Porky's holds up? Huh? You think Porky's holds up? No, I own Porky's. It does not hold up. Yeah. How about the video game? What the fuck? What the hell is a video game? Didn't you play the video game? <laughs> oh, no, the Atari game. Yeah, the Atari game. No, I lost a video of that. Uh, no, uh, I thought you were saying you, you played it back in the day. My Atari was at my grandmother's house. I don't think she would have got me Porky's, Porky's. for the Atari. <laughs> that is a weird game to have on the atari well there was also a uh, halloween game and a uh, texas yeah, chainsaw yeah. massacre game what was your favorite atari 2600 game uh oh, what the hell was it called i want to say it was crystal caves or crystal kingdoms oh, yeah? it's one where this bear goes around and collects these fucking gems okay. that these monsters try to do it it's a really cool game i tried to play it again in like last year yeah i have no idea what's going on yeah i uh it's weird because i really <laughs> I like the sports games like uh, soccer oh, and oh, they were terrible. I remember when real sports games came out, the real sports line of games. That right. they, I thought those were incredible. <laughs> Might as well get like one of those Tiger watches and play it on there. Yeah, it was, that was probably better. But uh, well, we already you already mentioned Constantine. That was on last night. Uh, did you like it? Oh, I loved it, man. I, this whole series is so good. Uh, and like, like at first I thought I wasn't not gonna like the guy that plays Constantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it, Mark Ryan? Yeah, uh, Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan, I think. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Matty Ice, and we call him. Matty, uh, I I love the guy. Okay. I really thought I wasn't gonna like him. I went in there with a negative attitude because I'm an asshole. He yeah. won me over. And they're yeah. even adding a little bit of smoking to the character here and there. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, did you see the ratings for last night? No. It's down twenty percent from the end of the. 
first part of the season. Well, nobody knew it was coming back. I know. Well, I, I know they, they're trying to change the time to 8, which I do think will help, but it's still Friday. At this point, though, I actually don't know if they're changing the time to help Constantine or not. Yeah. Cause it wasn't it wasn't promoted as far as I know. I usually see like something that says oh, this Friday. I had Constantine's no idea. And Until this morning. I, yeah. It's I found been on break this for weeks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So nobody expected it. The only reason I was thinking because of all like Flash and, and Arrow coming next week, and uh, Gotham a couple weeks ago had that that I thought it would be coming out the next you know, a couple weeks or so, right. but yeah, they didn't push it. Well, over, overnight ratings are bullshit anyway. Cause I, how many people do you know, watch TV? On I know. Day? I was actually going to say, I, it shocks me that you watched it right at eight. Well, I fucking, I was working on, I was doing my top five list. I had a, I was working on a review and I don't have anything going on on Friday nights anymore. I'm an man, old man. You are an old man. I'm surprised that Jess isn't saying, hey, you want to go do something? I say no. She says, why? Come on, fatty. What's wrong? You can't get it down the stairs. <laughs> Come on, you old man. Get the cane. Fine. Come on, fatty, get up. Yeah, um, like I said, I do. You, maybe it's one of those that it's Friday. They had nothing on at eight. They'll throw it on at eight and use that as an excuse then why they don't renew it. Like, listen, we gave it a shot. They we changed did. you. We changed you to a better slot because I I don't think it's coming back. Well, right, neither do I, and that's the problem because it's getting so strong. Yeah. But it's at that point where they already said they're stopping the production on it. And what happens when uh, DC announces they cancel titles? That nobody picks it up anymore. No, the sales decline so fast. Well, yeah, like immediately, I, after DC says the title is canceled, people decide to bail and get a different book. Yeah. Well, so I think people are doing the same. They don't want to get invested in this show and just have it end. Yeah. Yeah. I know I don't. Again, that's why it's hard for them to that. Well, actually, that's why I'm shocked that they announced those 13 books canceled in March that far ahead of time. Especially with Convergence being a two-month span after that, they didn't right. really have to announce them that early. But if you're the one getting the books, would do you bail on books when they're canceled? No. I, if I'm reading a book and I'm buying a book, uh, like I I follow through. I fucking followed Threshold to the very end, and I hated yeah. that book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, same with me with Katana and exactly. Stormwatch and Birds of Prey and these are awful books I mean there was good books like Animal Man I was going to read that no matter what uh, because I really loved it but there was just really crappy books but like you said once you have started reading it it's odd to me that people bail then uh, when they've had an investment in that story so long but it, it always, look, every time I see this it always comes down to me buying comics as a kid Yeah, I would only like kids don't have any money and the little money I would have, I would try to think what would be the best book that week to buy or that month, depending mm -hmm. on when I got cash, you know? Yeah. And if I know this book's ending and I'm so-so on it or whatever, I'll pick up another book Yeah. that I know I'll like. Yeah. Well, I'm sure once we hear these uh, numbers next week, I can't something wait. like Clarion, G.I. Zombie. Star Spangled War Stories, G.I. <laughs> Zombie. I remembered it this time. Um, nice. That I don't how how much further can that go down? What it was at well, like six or seven thousand. I mean, and usually haven't we seen that when a book's announced is canceled, it drops like four thousand. Like, I'm right saying away. it's going to be around the four thousand mark. That uh, is just that is awful. Well, what was uh what was threshold when that was canceled? Was that, that three thousand? No, I'm telling you, that was in like the I think that was still in the the teens. I no, think it was no, like that, no, thirteen. No, no, no. Do you think it was that like, bad? You, you told me that. 
me and every other reader of this book for how bad it oh, is yeah. in the Stabler Arena. Yes, yes, a little arena where I saw uh, the Bullet Boys and Cinderella back in the day. <laughs> there was more people watching Cinderella and the Bullet Boys. And uh, actually, Winger was in oh, that Winger. show, too. It's a good show. <laughs> Cinderella, they had this, uh, uh, what's that, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone, that that song. But they had a piano come out from the, the ceiling. Really? So, so good. White piano. That's where all the budget went for the oh, show. Oh, so good. There was a lot of pyrotechnics. This is pre-Great uh, White burning everyone in the stadium or <laughs> wherever the hell they were, that oh bar. My God. I just realized we're laughing. Everybody got burned. Oh, my God. Oh, there's oh, burn victims all over the place yelling the freaking every time they hear once bitten, twice shy, oh. they freaking go into a freaking seizure. Every, every time I hear that now, I scream yeah. a little bit. Oh, God. I, I freaking think that my pants are on fire. But yeah, uh, speaking of other, well, we said Flash and Arrow return next week. Yes. And I sent you those uh, trailers for that. Yeah, those were good. And yeah, they look good. Again, I'm I'm behind. You're all up on the TV shows. I am. I love me some TV. Well, I said that uh, one of our jokes is I come home and I go to review a book and it's 9:30 all of a sudden. You <laughs> go home, you watch Shawshank Redemption, Braveheart, Titanic. Uh, the whole uh, series, Band of Brothers, and then it's like a half hour's gone by. I, there's a dinner, weird then. time anomaly in my apartment where I'm able to watch a lot of it things is, in a short so amount of time. Weird. Like you'll come home or come home, you'll go to work the next day, and I, hey, what'd you do? And I know I've reviewed two books and made dinner. You have reviewed three books and watched six movies, <laughs> and Jeopardy, Family Feud, and Judge Judy. We don't watch Judge Judy in my house. No, you know, we watch Judge Judy. It's one of the reasons I stopped going to visit my mother. Every time I go to her house, like the, I'm like, I'm here to visit you, mom, but she's too busy watching Judge Judy. Judge, I, we watched, uh, we watched Judge Judy, and then uh, watched the New People's Court, which I hate. This lady uh, that doesn't know is just awful. But my <laughs> wife is big on all the, well, not just the Judge Judy stuff. She loves the true crime stuff. Right. Uh, I have watched so many cops episodes. That I've seen every one like three times. Like it'll come on. I'm, we saw this one already, and that I mean, is bad. There are like how long has cops been on? I've seen. I'm just saying. I didn't know the show was still on until you told me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And oh, Tanya just sits there and screams at the TV. That tell them the truth. Why do Jesus they lie Christ. to the police? Why do they lie to the police? They're trying to get away with <laughs> these people. Aren't good people. They pull somebody over because the taillight's out. They got a meth lab rolling in the back seat. They got a, a hooker giving birth and some freaking kid being a – I don't know what's going on in that, that car. They're not going to tell the guy. And then the, the, the police even try to, to play it up with, listen, if you tell us the truth, we're going to be good with – you know, you're, you're going to be okay. That's bull crap. They're not going to be okay. They're going to be arrested. They're going to be in jail. So, of course, these guys are going to lie. cops one of the first reality teams? Yeah, I, I would say that that would probably be. Yeah. What about now? Yeah, I I remember when it, when it first came out, people I mean people made fun of it through the whole run of it. What's like Jerry Springer? Yeah, I like Jerry. I actually I, I I'm a I was a fan of Jerry back in the day, but then Maury I really liked. Uh, I put Maury in my previews tonight. Oh really? Do you know that the the preview the new issue of Batman and Robin okay. 38's coming oh, out? Oh no, not week. a Who's the Daddy. I uh, think because you got that picture, the the cover is of Damien opening his shirt up, yeah, and bullets yeah. bouncing off, 
And I'm like, with all the tests that Batman's running on how he got these powers, you think he's going to ask Clark for a bit of oh, DNA God. and go I on the Marty you, show? I knew you were going to go right then. I'm like, oh, he's going with Clark. And, and Clark, <laughs> you are the father. <sighs> That's what I want. I'm telling you, I want somebody out there in interwebs land to freaking make a video of this. Good. Okay, so you have Talia. There, she's out there. So she comes out, everybody, yeah. Mario's like, okay, tell the story. Starts telling. Now, when Superman comes out, he has to be giving the finger to all the audience. And then at that same point, you have to have Talia where she moves the chair. Like five, Clark? And the thing is, yeah, away from Clark because oh. Clark's going to sit next to her. Oh. Set. And the best part is it takes that chair. It's like a five thing, like boom, boom, boom. They always move that chair. And then uh, – I guess, would Roz be there? Because usually it's the mother. The father's never there. It's always the mother. I'm, I want Roz to be there, but for some reason, I just want him not to say anything and just look menacing. Well, usually, if it's, actually, I'm wrong. If it's the dad, he's in the audience. All right, all right. So, so he's sitting Roz in the audience. Well, and out to Roz in the audience. To me, he's in the audience straight face. He doesn't even, <laughs> he's just Like, pissed. you know, arms crossed over above his chest there, uh, yep. like in front of his chest. And then... They have the thing. Clark's telling his story. He's yelling. He's that's not you know. Look at this. They go. They have a picture of Damien. He's pointing like that's not my nose. That's not my <laughs> nose. He's yelling that. And then Talia's yelling. You know. You know what's your baby? Look at that. They're yelling and screaming. Clark's no, no, like, see, I, I I don't want it to be Talia. But it is. It that's the mother. No, I I'm saying though. I'd be all for Clark. I want her to be like this. Batman's baby, but Batman's the one who doesn't think it is. <laughs> I still want to get to the point though when it's he's not the daddy. So I, we have the whole we have the whole DNA blood test or whatever it is for like well when you have to test that shit I have no idea I'm not a scientist yeah but uh that just made me sound stupid as hell didn't it yes but, that was but bad. I'm telling you I want the Mari like you know Clark is sure well, that this kid is not his actually here's what you have then you have Talia and and Bruce come out right Batman full cow yeah yeah Batman, in full costume. And, He's with her. He's with right. Talia, but they think that Superman's the dad. So that's where the the whole thing is. And then at the end, when it's not Clark, Talia goes off running into the the thing. She's crying backstage. Oh yeah, like they go backstage. Do. Yeah. And then Clark goes. Clark has to dance. He's dancing with the crowd. Oh, well, They're oh, all well, laughing. It's not his. I'm like, what the hell is he dancing for? He's dancing. And then. <laughs> They cut. Mari goes, and then they cut to a commercial. When they cut back to the commercial, there's Bruce is holding Damien, and Clark's there with him, and they're all friends again. Because somehow in that that commercial break, Mari does stuff that he should be at the UN because he gets right. all these people together, usually with the listen, you you guys have to be together for the kid. <laughs> okay, Mari. The, the child really needs you, and you need to work this thing out, and we like I move on. So yes, yeah, so oh, all, all that. I want this. I want this video so bad. I wish I had talent at all so I could make yeah. this goddamn video. But that might even be funnier, or more funny, as you like to say, that if we did the video and it's just awful, no, it's us no, pretending I, to be more. I do not see that. Man. Your whole thing is when you say funner. I have a problem with that. Yes. But, um, and so you just want me to make a really shitty video where it's a cardboard <laughs> set? It'd be so good. I'm Maury. I'm just gonna splice in things with Mari, and then yeah, like no, a voiceover, yeah, that. and, and that would be good. Batman, you are the father. You know, it's you... really bad voiceover. Yes, the, you are the father. Uh, <laughs> like I said, Superman's dancing; he's doing the robot. 
That's the best of split. The dude. worm, man. You gotta go. You gotta go into the worm. Uh, oh, I'm telling you that uh, when you watch Maury, that audience will turn on anybody on, on a dime. Anything oh, yeah. that happens, it's like they're cursing this guy when he's not the father. They're all for him. They're laughing at the girl now. They're all crying. It's like old live TV shows, man, where they used to have that big thing where it says applause. Yeah, yeah, at the, yeah. At the Maury yeah, studio, like, it says hate him. Yeah, hate. <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> make fun. Point. Throw a chair. Yes, yeah. You are not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this week I saw my first olive burger. Oh yeah, that was gross, man. Yeah, I, it's it's a Michigan thing. I saw somebody. Uh, now when he says olive burger, he means a regular burger with a shit ton of olives. Yeah, all over. Yeah, the it's bag. just a burger with a bunch of olives on the top. I don't like olives to begin with. Uh, I like this olives. Is something that I love and made it look gross. Yeah, uh, it's actually a restaurant in Michigan that uh, follow us, and they mentioned this olive burger, so I checked it out. We have a restaurant and, in Michigan that follows us. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. you know, they they love their comics at the place. I wish I I, no I wish I knew the place's name. I I'd give them a shout out to the three people listening. <laughs> and but it's it's a burger with olives on it, and that I mean it's an olive burger. It says it, and I thought I have never in my life heard of anything of the sort. And I'm telling you that seems more crazy than the donut burger with the donut as a bun. Well, I agree. It's so odd. It's just something so, that should never go together. Yeah, so I went to the, the thing, and it seems to be a thing in a lot of places in Michigan. So I thought, hey, Jeff Johns, guy's from Michigan. Yeah. So I kind of tweeted him about an olive burger, and like everything else I've tweeted to Jeff Johns, it went silent. And it's because it's nonsense. You no comments. Him, uh, I, I thought maybe I'd get a favorite out of him or something. Maybe I thought actually I thought it'd be something that he'd be. Man, I miss those olive burgers back home. I think you actually Fred. He's like he's been spending his whole life since he left Michigan trying to like block out the memory. Get away of from olive Michigan. Burgers. I don't know. And anytime any Michigan freaking university, you know, Michigan thing goes on, he's all over that. Oh, Michigan really? this, Michigan that. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mentioned an olive burger. <laughs> line goes dead. Fucking goes. What are these fucking assholes talking to me about my olive burger? <laughs> it it sounds I, I it sounds interesting to me to even try, but I actually we had uh, hamburgers today for lunch and we have olives, and I thought you know what I should try it. And then yeah, I it. it's no, like anything it, with me I don't want to ruin what I know is good, so I know exactly. that I'm gonna have a burger. I don't when I, we go places, uh, I have one thing that I'm gonna get usually. And I stick with it because yeah. I don't want to ruin the whole thing. And it's, you know, you don't I want to ruin a meal. Something you're not going to like. No. Meals mean a lot to me. Exactly. Yeah. Especially me with me muffin top in here yeah. and breathing heavy. Oh, yeah. Heavy breather. But yeah, that's about it for the news. After these messages, we'll be right back. To a child who doesn't read, the world is a closed book. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, a reading rainbow. This was a pretty down week for uh, books coming out. I mean, like, there was a bunch of books. What I'm trying to say here is that we got some books that weren't really good. Yeah, they <laughs> they sucked. I mean, like, I had, I had a uh, Constantine was great, and 
Well, Constantine was great. That's something, yeah, right? Yeah, well, I had Grayson, which I almost gave a perfect score. I gave it a 9-8, so I really okay. loved that. But again, that's one of my favorite books. So uh, it is a good thing to have one of your books of the week being one of your favorites and it also really uh, kicking ass. Yeah. But then when you have to deal with some of the other stuff, and in fact, I'm telling you, this week with the books – if we combined our score and actually added it up, right. has to be the worst reviews we've given in a week. I, I really yeah. think that. Uh, now, again, there's, and I'm not talking maybe there was some time with the events of different things where there's a set, but just standard issues coming out, this might have been the worst. And I'm telling you, it kind of got me down a bit. Oh, me as well. And like I, Wednesday, Wednesday night was a nightmare. I wanted to do four reviews Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And the first one I did was Future Zen. It was terrible. Then World Zen, that was terrible. I'm like, all right, I was going to do Batgirl next. I'm like, no, I want to do something I like. I did Core, and Core was meh. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I was done. And it's weird because Wednesday I did one review, I believe. I think I did Grayson. Yeah. And I loved it. But I'm telling you, it's what's weird is as I'm sharing, because in little inside info, uh, when we put up the reviews, I – Put them, I'm the one who puts them on Twitter. I put them on Tumblr. I, I share them out. So in that process, I kind of read your blurb at the end of the review. I look at the scores to see because, you know, I'm not going to send a review to, uh, you know, Cameron Stewart when you give Batgirl a 2.5. Yeah. I don't know that he wants to see that. Now, there's that's an issue, again, that could be discussed that do you just send stuff out to people no matter what? Would they appreciate no, well, that you're I nice? I do not want that to happen at all because I don't want these people to hate my fucking guts. Yeah, well, if you were playing hockey at some point and there was a guy with cerebral palsy <laughs> and he was playing, would you check him into the corner and think to yourself, you know what, this guy wants to be treated like a normal person. Is that something you would do? No, you're a monster. Yes, I. that's something I did. But again, oh. I'll, I'll defend myself. The guy was playing hockey with us. He did have cerebral palsy, but he was playing, and I treated him like any other player, and I stand by it. So if he's out there, thumbs up, buddy. No, no he's not out there anymore. He probably isn't, is he? That guy, the way he was forced to run, the guy had abs like a freaking arrow. Really? Oh, it was because he was in this weird running position all the time. Kind of like Hunt Severo was flexing his abs? Yes. That's what yeah. it was like. But back to the books, like I said, I wouldn't send a guy. Yes, I wouldn't send a guy a review. Well, now I'm going to have to send Cameron Stewart a 2.5 out of 10 yeah, and say directly do from that. you. How about don't that? Do All right. Like, you I sh- haven't liked the Batgirl series mouth. yet. I haven't liked the Batgirl series yet, but I still appreciate what these people do, and I don't want them fucking hating me. Well, and again, we've discussed this and, uh, now and again, and we had an uh, issue with Brett Booth one time online where oh, yeah. we talked about reviews, and he thinks that uh, you do a scoring, a 10-point scale, that that means you figure out five goes to art, five goes to story, and we talked about this a million times, that it's a gut feeling that both of us use when we review books. So and at I the end of the day, give writing more. Yeah, I do too. I uh, we've we've also talked about this, and I still stand by it that I could easily read a great story with bad art exactly. over a awful story with great art. Exactly. And but again, like I said, what I was getting at is we send out the the tweets and the twitters and the tumblers and the twitters and the twockers, and <laughs> then what we do 
is as I'm sending out your scores, that's even bringing me down because I'm like, oh my God, here's a 2.5, here's a two. Uh, it just, and then coupled with that, but also on the site and on Twitter and all these things, we started getting negative comments there as well. Oh yeah, where there's people mad at you about your Batgirl scores, and then there's people mad at me about Clarion. And it just this whole week had like a cloud over it that it just went from shitty issues to everything else. And it just seemed to really, I don't know, it really brought me down. Me as well. Uh, but we'll get with it. Now, speaking of bringing everybody down, uh, well, actually, I don't know. You seem to be the hater of this one. and It's, uh, it's the weirdest goddamn thing. It, I have no, we're talking about Batgirl 38 right now. Somehow it seems that everybody on interwebs land loves this new take on Batgirl, except yep. for fucking me. Yep, you are the hater, and you're being called out as the hater. And Something fierce. I, I'm starting to think you're a hater. And I hate hey, the game and the player. Hey, maybe I am a hater. I just know that I love Batgirl, and what we're being presented with is not Batgirl. Well, I read the issue. I haven't really read any of the new Batgirl. And we said for this podcast to be able to talk about these books, we really had to start putting an effort out and not being so lazy and read all the issues so we could put yeah, I still our didn't input. Do that. Well, I didn't do them for all, but I did it for <laughs> Batgirl. And I'm as much of a hater as you. And I don't know if it's – I don't know. I actually feel old reading this <laughs> book. I really do, and I That's am a old. But I'm reading it, and I'm just – Again, when something doesn't hit you like that, it's not your thing. You start thinking things like, I wonder if this just isn't for me. I guess people are enjoying it, but I really – I don't know why because any other character, it seems, if they would change a character like they've changed Batgirl, I don't think that it would come over or go over as well. I really think there would be an uproar. And there hasn't been people love it, and yeah. I don't. I'm I'm still finger fig, trying to figure out what the um what the rub is in all this of why people. It it reminds me a lot of, and this is going to sound awful, which again, this is our second podcast, and I've already sound awful throughout every <laughs> one, so I shouldn't even say that anymore. But it, it almost comes off to me as if this was a um a gay character. Right. Or if it was a uh, a character of a, a different race or whatever, that people would be afraid to say something bad about it. Yeah, because then not... you get labeled as a hate monger. And it only that's I don't know why because it doesn't make sense with Barbara Gordon or Batgirl. But that's what it comes across to me as if uh, it's so odd because I and it again I read the issue. It's not. The dialogue, particularly, I love the art. I think the art's great. I don't mind. I'm not tied to any sort of uh, look that Barbara has or any right. sort of background costume. I like it. And in fact, this is more of the style that I do like. It reminds me a lot of like a Gotham Academy, right. uh, something like that. That's like a uh, teen type deal. It's just in general. It's just the book. Just Barbara is awful. And That's it's, the thing. And it's the not. Art, I'll say the art though, it's Babs Tar is on the art here. Yep. And I don't mind her style. I just don't think it works for this book. Yeah. For the way yeah. I know Batgirl, like 
the back girl that I grew up with or whatever. It's like I'm saying, I don't even want to talk about her art in the reviews anymore because it's fine. I have never seen a flub in anything that she's mm-hmm. drawn. It just doesn't work for me for this title. No, and like you said, this isn't your back girl. But I don't really have a back girl. I and, do. The first <clears throat> Batman 66 Oh, uh, yeah, that would be. But again, maybe this one's kind of similar to that if it was updated. A little I don't know. bit. I can see that parallel in the costume. But the problem is, is that it's not even anything to do with even Batgirl. She, it, she's a superhero. She's yep. an awful superhero to me. She but now she, she is. Yeah, this is what she I'm saying. Before. In this book, in this book, she's in this in this issue. She is involved with chasing a guy who's big on Instagram. That is almost like a he is. He's a rea- reality star. Exactly. He's a, you know, he's a Kardashian uh, Might as well be. And that's what she's concerned with. To Who get is that this guy, guy on the real world? Uh, Eric from the real world? No, no, that Puck? one guy. Puck, yeah. Puck <laughs> from the real world. That's who he is. He's not that much of a douchebag. He's not yes, he Remember Puck used to eat his, uh, his scabs? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Puck. God, his television was off. Yeah, I, I hope one person remembers Puck. <laughs> but, so even if he is Puck, that's he's what... Puck. Yeah. That's what she's concerned with. Yep. She's not, concerned. Not the supervillains of Gotham. Nope. Not the like bank robbery stuff like that. We're, we're worried about Puck drunk driving. Yep. And, and, drunk and she dr- came to this conclusion that she was going to take him down after drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is that she's against drunk driving. It's it's a very special episode of it Batgirl. And instead of like, hey guys. You know, don't dr- drink and drive. She chases him on her motorcycle and throws grenades at him. Yeah, I'm it, sorry. She had ample opportunity in the club when she wanted to go take him down to stop him from drink, uh, drunk driving. Yeah. But instead, she wasted her time by telling the people in the club, "I'm sorry, guys. I don't have time to take pictures with you now." Oh no, he's already behind the wheel of the car. Let's go. And then, it's not even like she stops him, but she ends up wrecking a diner. And again, the the big thing I guess in the in the book is that at the end it looks like everybody is starting to turn on her. Social yeah. media, and again, that's the other thing in this book. Social media is the be all end all of everything, oh, yeah, and okay. and they are now against her. And that's kind of how you end is that oh no, so the social media is against Batgirl. What is she gonna do now? But it's I, just odd. Like I, I feel like I'm getting the point of this issue wrong, uh, the series wrong now after reading this issue a bit though. But where it seems like uh, Black Canary and her new boyfriend uh, Liam Powell mm-hmm. are the voice of reason, saying, you know, Black Canary's like, you can't be acting like this. You can't be posting photos on uh, Instagram or like pictogram. Yeah, they, they call it whatever. Exactly. And then Liam saying how Batgirl's just as bad as this puck character, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Barbary, and. But she just goes along with it anyway. But by the end, everybody hates her. Now, is this going to be the turning point to make the character back to what she was? And this is just something that we – it's like a um, – a, uh, what the hell is that called? Um, a lesson? God, yeah, a lesson. A life much. lesson? Uh, something, yeah. Well, I, I, agree with, I agree with you because in that one part, she is really concerned with, you know, oh, Black Canary. Oh, she, you know, Dinah said that. Oh, you're She's, a bitch. We're not friends no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then – uh, you know, goes and joins a band. <laughs> Very odd. Yeah, that's a weird choice. But... Again, in, in this book, the way it's set up, if anybody hasn't read it, it's there's half of the book is are these like uh, tweets and hashtags and stuff like that. And I have to admit, after half a page, I just ignored those and got right with the dialogue and read the thing. And I, I just maybe it's just me, but 
I agree with you that everybody loves the issue. And not just the issue, the series. Oh, yeah, the new creative take on the series. Everybody is fucking balls to the wall. They love this shit. But when I look at uh, – we go to Comic Book Roundup a lot to look yes, at – Yes, go to uh, Comic Book Roundup. Great site. Yeah, and we look at the things. And you are – you gave it a 2.5 out of 10, and that is by far the worst. But the weird the thing worst is – Well, the weird thing is is if you read these other reviews, and I not even just their blurbs on the Roundup, right. but the actual reviews, some of these reviews – they give sevens and 7.5s, and I read them, and if you would actually put a gun to my head and say, what do you think the score is, just reading it blind without a score, right? I they they appear to be fours, uh, 3.5s, if you would ask me. And right. it's just, it's it's weird where, it, this is the only book, though, that this has happened where we think, like, oh my god, their scale must be different, right? This has never come up with us, like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's almost what we say, but, you know, the the scale, I don't understand. I don't understand how they can do this, but a lot of these reviews in the past two issues even uh-huh. seem to be things like, oh, I, you know, this wasn't the strongest of issues. And they are definitely coming down. Because if you if you remember when it first came out that first issue and two yeah it was I mean the average besides yours was you know a nine point five so a seven now definitely is coming down and I think that any other book for some reason the scores would have been fives and below and I I, I just don't I don't I can't explain I really cannot explain why and where people you have again. When Batwoman had the big controversy and J.H. Williams left and Mark and Draco jumped on the on the book, I understood then where people had this this fervor and this like loyalty to the old Bat. I don't know where they're getting this loyalty to this book. It just started this team. I know. And it wasn't as if Gail Simone was that awful beforehand. It was it was a good book. Is it? I don't know. Like, is it what we're always talking about, where we want books to be fun and less dark and dramatic? Yeah, like maybe. DC, I don't know, because uh, Batgirl was a dark book. Before. Yeah, and actually, maybe that is it. Maybe because that was a big push that they everybody wanted a lighter, funner, 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 <laughs> funner. They wanted a more fun uh, DC universe, a new Fifty Two, and there wasn't a lot of that. And then all of a sudden, it all hit. And again. I maybe I'm to blame because when I do uh, Gotham Academy, I love it. I right. have a feeling if you reviewed that book, you would give it under a five, and I'm giving it nines, nine fives because I love it. So I'm not I'm not all about hate. I like fun books. You it's hate that... for hate's sake, <laughs> and I know you do. And I'm telling everyone right now that you love Batgirl. You just want to be on that roundup down below. You want to oh, you you're trying to make a name for yourself with awful scores. I wish that were the case. I really, really do. Yeah, I, I, I just like I said, I don't understand it. I read this issue with you so that we could talk about it, and I would like to think that I wasn't just, uh, you know, biased because of what you had told me. I went into it actually hoping that I really liked it so we could really duke it out. I'm and, saying though, Bumps, if that were the case, we could just switch books and everything would be fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be getting this hate mail about how I friggin' uh, you know, the sexist and all this other nonsense. Yeah, yeah, it's gone through the whole thing. I forgot all about that. That at the beginning you didn't like it because you were sexist. Yeah, people are yeah. saying. Again, that was weird. But what I'm telling you, that's weird for this book. Why is this book and this creative team uh, so revered instantly? No idea. 
but that's that. So, like I said, you gave it a 2.5 out of 10, which was the worst score that I could find. And I can't stand this book. Yeah. All right. I pull my hair out while reading it. I just don't get it. Why Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, after all she's – maybe if this were a uh, Batgirl year one, it could make yeah. a little bit of sense. But at this point, we're at Batgirl year six. She knows better. This is not the character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll move on to your probably worst book of the week to my best, which was Grayson number six. All right. And again, that's written by Tim Seeley and Tom King with art by Mikkel Janin, which uh, number one, I'd like to say that I I love Mikkel Janin's art. I think it's the greatest. I really do. I think he is so uh, underrated that only because I didn't really know who it was. And I also give a shout out because he's actually a member of our site. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and they, they drop him. Yep, they drop him. But yeah, uh, I love this book. I, I've loved it since it started. And again, it's one of those things where it is Dick Grayson, obviously. And I'm a huge Dick Grayson fan. And I even mentioned it in this review. Before this book, I actually would tell you that I was a huge Nightwing fan. Yeah. And I have changed it. This book has actually made me change my opinion that I am just a pure out fan of Dick. And that's <laughs> and I'll admit it, right? But no, Dick Dick Grayson as a character is so great. And I beg people, in fact, we have a friend of our site who has his own uh podcast network, Mike Blanchard. And yeah. he is so against this book only because of the way Nightwing was cancelled. And he's so, I want Nightwing. Oh, DC hates Nightwing. Dan DiDio hates Nightwing. And in fact, I've come around that I don't think they do. I think that this was a great way to expand the character while also showing. I mean, basically so far in these six issues of Grayson, it's basically about how great Dick Grayson is. That's all it is. That's it. There, yes, he's in Spiral. There's the backstory of how they're after the identities of the different superheroes, which it's funny because that's what I thought the whole book was about, but that's been right. on the back burner. Uh, what the book's been about is their uh, spiral has been gathering uh, body parts for a reason that you're not sure of. Uh, obviously, they're going to be building a superhuman. Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein superhuman. And each issue is just another reason why you should love Dick Grayson. And uh, this issue – and the other thing that I love about the book is every book seems to open with a cold opening. It like really, a Bond film. It does. It comes off so well as a Bond, James Bond film, a action film where you are That's thrown great. right into it. Now, I said last – Last month, I even showed you. I'm like, this is so great. The the issue opens with Dick Grayson, Midnighter, uh, Helena Bertinelli, all on a crashing helicopter while giving birth, uh, delivering a baby. And I thought, that's the greatest. And it's one of those things, and we've talked about it in, in a lot of things, uh, Star Wars even, where we love the things where there's backstory that you don't know and you think in your head and you get to fill in the, the things and just wonder, there's oh, my God, what happened? And uh, – this month it starts off with Helena and uh, Dick going in, uh, walking on a, like a hilltop, mountaintop type thing, and being attacked suddenly by an orca with spider legs uh, on land. And it, again, it makes no sense. It's awesome, and you're like, oh my god, it's land shark, and it, it happens, and then it, all this goes on, and then again, the the big 
big pull of this week is that uh, Dick again fights Midnighter, and yeah. that, that's basically the the and it's it is great because again while he's fighting Midnighter, first off Midnighter knows that it's Dick because he says I would know that ass anywhere, <laughs> and I was like oh god. And it, the funny thing is is at the point there's Helena and Dick, but you know he's talking about Dick, yeah. and then he's like Dick Grayson then and. What happens is they fight it out, but again, while they're fighting, it's Dick kind of realizing himself, like, the power of being himself and being right. a great guy. And I just – I love it. At the end of this issue, how it ends is it kind of turns everything around, and all of a sudden there is a moment where it, it's – I said to you, it, it reminds me a lot of the um, the Matrix with the Oracle in the Matrix. There is a woman – that comes out at the end and basically tells Dick what Spiral is up to. And it finally, after six issues, gives you focus of what is actually going on and what's what's happening in the book. And then it ends Dick's in space. So, And that's always great. We always love everything <laughs> in, in space. space. Yes. But again, uh, this is a book that people – I have loved it since the beginning. I can't say that it's it was – a real big hit to me like people were enjoying it enough but now i think people are finally coming around and getting a grip and again when it first started people still had a bad taste in their mouth about yeah, Nightwing they had the misgivings about what's going down and again when people oh dick grayson he's a super spy and i think a lot of people were turned off and i uh, was yeah yeah i love it i i think it's it is now one of my favorite books and in fact we were talking about different things this week and one of the things we talked about was what books we were talking about switching up some books to kind of mix things up and you asked me what books would I not want to give up ones that I I had to have on my own and I this was my number one was Grayson my other one was uh, Justice League 3000 weird choices to make I know but then again yours was Red Hood yeah Red Hood and uh, Green Lantern yeah Green Lantern and again, that it's it's weird, but I really I've taken to this book so much. I love it. I can't wait. And that it's not we, you know, we review every we try to review every book, and each week there are some that I just I dread. Aquaman and the others. Yeah, stuff like that, uh, and <laughs> you know, even even Batman Eternal. I I even I'm telling you, it gets to the point where Batman main Batman title. It's not that I dread reading it. It's just reviewing it, and it kind of seems more like work to do. But Grayson, I uh, there's, I, I think you'd agree. There's a, a handful of titles that if we just totally tomorrow, site's done. Let's give it right. up. There's a bunch of titles I would still read, and oh, yes. uh, Grayson's number one. I wouldn't read every one that I'm reading now. Again, I probably would grab a couple that that you review. And I'd read those as well. But, yeah, I love this book. And I'm telling anybody who loves Nightwing and stayed away should should read it. And anybody who just likes an action story that has great art, great writing, uh, should jump in because I love it. I was wondering, did uh, Dick fight uh, Midnighter before in the series? Yeah, yeah. They've met a couple times. And, in fact, they – That's what I thought. I was like when they were – the solicits came out where they're like, you know – uh, Grayson versus Midnighter. I really saw this as Rocky too. Where's the oh rematch. yeah, yeah. They fought. They and each time, well, one time they kind of met and they kind of went and then it ended. And then the next time they were uh, actually in that helicopter crash. 
Right. And uh, they were going through the desert with a baby. I, I tell you, I don't read this book, and I was supposed to read this issue, and I didn't, but I really loved everything they did with them going through the desert together. Yeah, I showed you that where they're going, and Dick just keeps walking. Yeah. And it's Midnighter wasting all his energy, like yelling at Dick yeah. about, we're going to fight. And then the I'm next saying, is... I'm not the most familiar guy with Michael Jennings' art, but looking at that, I was really drawn into yeah, it. Yeah, it's, he's so good. I just uh, expect the Midnighter to so, say, hey, go be no rematch. Hey, go be no rematch. <laughs> then there's a rematch at the end. <laughs> ding, ding. Definitely Rocky too. Oh, uh, yeah. But, yeah, the next book then is uh, one of yours, and I did read as well, but it was Green Lantern Corps 38. Said, yeah, um, by Van Jensen and art by uh, Bernard Chang. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, Bernard Chang. Yep. Um, I was really looking forward to this issue because of how much I liked uh, the la the last issue of Green Lantern because now that we're done with all the crossovers and Godhead's over, it's just time to get back to basics. And I wanted to see where the core would go from there. Mm -hmm. And like even the Guardians and stuff, I don't know why anybody's listening to these Guardians anymore. We found that like the old Guardians went evil. These new Guardians came out of their prison and like, we don't want to take care of the core. You guys can do that. And we're just going to go off with Kyle. And then we find out that they're lying to Kyle into the core this whole time, and now that it's back, it seems like everybody's taking orders from the Guardians. It's really pissing me off. Yeah, I don't know. I like I said, I haven't read. Uh, I gave you uh, Green Lantern Corps. I did it at one point. And I gave yeah. it to you because of all the crossovers, and that was yeah, the, that it's was made the, more sense. And it was the one Green Lantern book or Lantern book that I was doing. And right. going back and reading it, I actually it, it did kind of confuse me about. Uh, how like like you said the guardians and then they just almost like I don't know they're like oh you know are bad but come on we're gonna do this and I I don't know I just this this issue first off not even I would hope that I could get a, a feel for what's going on and basically this issue seemed to be a lot of talking about stuff that we should do stuff we should and not much going on yeah well, I'm saying like um. The last issue of Green Lantern last week, when we saw that Hal is like told to go, like go home, go back mm -hmm. to Earth, you're done for a little while, and it's just I got really pissed off. Like, why are you going to take these from these Guardians? You can't trust these assholes. Yeah, you saw yeah. what happened before. <laughs> and, and I just got, and then we see it here where they offered John the like the um, the promotion to become the leader of the Corps. Yep, I saw, and he turned it down. And he turned it down. He's but, got he's got trainees. Yeah, I'm going with that. So yeah, we have all the rookies. That we saw, like, uh, come into this Green Lantern Corps story arc uh, when Uprising happened, and they kind of got pushed to the back burner, so I really don't know these guys off the top of my head, like other characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they're being promoted to full-fledged Lantern members, nice. and the one the one Lantern, uh, Fesca, her people come down, and they're like, yo, look, we got a crime problem on our planet. Can you guys come and do this? And they're like, you know what? The universe hates us. We need some good PR. We're going to go mm -hmm. take care of this. And uh did you like that they're like going off right away? And again, no. uh, the one thing that got me was, unfortunately, we know that there's at least a big shakeup coming. The book's been canceled. In March, yeah. it ends. Uh, I we both have the opinion it's coming back in some sort of way in June. But this uh -huh. seems like they just ended Godhead, and now we know that you know you would think there's there could be a little settled down time and kind of get things back in order and things like that. But right away, boom, they're going off. Well, like we're given, well, they had to do this before the series ended because we we're given teasers before about how the Durlins who were behind the uprising yeah, were yeah, actually yeah. puppets to the shadow empire. Okay. So that's what it is. These are part of the, the, the thing with the Durlins. 
I'm saying though, I think this is a story that uh, uh, Van Jensen's been wanting to tell for a while, but he's okay. like, oh no, we got a crossover, we got to do. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Which... And he's finally getting his chance to do it at the last possible minute, and this is what we get where they have to go back to this uh, this Lantern's planet, mm-hmm. and there's a whole crime syndicate that's kind of taken over. They're called the Shadow Market. Yep. So the Lanterns just go in, they shake shit up, but then there's like, it's so odd because like the the big boss is um they start opening their mouths. These like balls come out, and it seems like they start screaming. I have no idea what's really going on. Yeah, yeah. And then these black tendrils come out, so it looks like these things have some kind of like dark power. I don't know what the extent of it is. And yeah. then it seems that even though this band came asking the Green Lanterns for help, it seems like everybody else on the planet is under their control. Yep. Yeah, I got that too. They start doing like a, they're a part of a cult, like the darkness falls. Yeah. Darkness falls. Yeah, it was on. And I don't know. It's. <laughs> It's just very odd to me that we jump right back into the story because I really like the break we got with Hal in Green Lantern. Well, that's what I when, – when you told me about Hal, that issue, and I, I did finally get to read it, and I really did enjoy it. And yeah. it – again, it, it might be the wrong way to go into it, but I actually thought, okay, we're going to – I'm going to read Eric's book. So Green Lantern Corps, this is going to be a good one. I'm going to be able to jump in. It's going to be a fun little tale. John's going to settle down. Maybe he's going to find fatality. But – uh yeah, all of a sudden they're off yeah. and running. They yell the oath. The uh, I don't know. I, did, did you like that part when the new recruits were shouting out the oath? Oh yeah, they, every new recruit does. I that know. It's just I don't know why it seemed cheesy this time. I don't know it's why. Because you have nothing but hate in your soul. That's probably why. Actually, that is why. <laughs> but I, I don't. But you gave it a six out of ten. That's uh, the problem, though, because. Um, we had this whole story, and then we see that there's actually these monsters in the shadows that I, I think they're controlling the people and mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. They're somehow buying the shadow market. I'm not sure how yet. Mm-hmm. But the whole issue just seemed to drag. Yeah, it, it did. was slow. And, like, all I could say really is it was meh. Yeah, yeah. Did, uh, did you like Bernard Chang's art? I usually do. This time, I seem, some things seem to get lost in translation. Well, that's what I was going to say. I actually didn't like it that much, and I, I like Bernard Chang a lot. And yeah. Yeah, this one, yeah, it's just kind of was there. It was funny. I did look on uh, the Roundup, and your ma- man from Blog of O actually gave it a five. He, he really? hated it more than you. And this is a guy who, as far as I can tell, that guy gives every Green Lantern. He loves it. That's Byron and, Rumsey, right? Yeah, Byron, yep. He gave it a four, so he really didn't like it at all. But uh, on to another one that I really didn't like. This is the problem is now uh, we broke it up with that Grayson, but you're seeing where we were talking about. <laughs> we just – none of the books were really that good. I was and, like, I hate core. It was, it was a very – it was okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but again, when you want it to be – Again, when we review these books, for the most part, I want to love every book. It'd be great. So every, do I. every book's a 10, though you won't give a 10 because right. you're pump. I don't know what I'd call you for that. <laughs> I only give nine nines. Look, I can't give a book a 10 because if I gave a book a 10, it'd be a perfect comic and it would ruin me for the rest of my but life. But so I'm what you're telling me then, comic off of that. so a nine nine for you is a 10. Nope, wouldn't say that. Okay. Well, my next book's New Suicide Squad, number six, uh, which was written by Sean Ryan and art by Tom Dernerick. 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 Rob Hunter, Norm Rapmon, and Vicente Sifuentes. And already, right there, 
uh, is one of the problems of the book. Is not the I can't pronounce guys' names, but there's four artists on it, which is just it's ridiculous. But again, I I took over New Suicide Squad. I know, I know what you're talking about later on. Holy yeah. moly! But uh, I took over New Suicide or Suicide Squad when it became the New Suicide Squad from you, yeah. and I've actually enjoyed it. I like it uh, for the main part because it's fun. And I even – again, I like Sean Ryan as a writer. In fact, he is the only one that I know of that actually had Joker's daughter in a book and made me like her. Yeah, it's the only one. Every other one was garbage. But the problem is is that the series and what's going on, basically there's not much of a story going on throughout this whole series so far. But it's been fun. What's that? Just intermittent events. Yeah, yeah. It's just little art. Like we're in Russia, Deathstroke leaves, then we go to China. And the actual running thing now is that the squad kind of stumbled upon a um, a clone factory uh, where the clones haven't been fully cooked, as you'd say. Right. And they're attacking and whatnot. But the problem is, is that without the fun, you're just left with nothing. And this issue is basically nothing. I I I use I don't like to say things are filler a lot, right. uh, only because to me like there's always some setup for the next issue. So to me, most things are, are and it, it's bad if anything if it's just setup because then why is this issue even existing? Get right to it. But this is one of the the few in a long time I've had that is basically filler. I don't even you could take this issue out and you would miss nothing. It's that bad. And the art is jarring. There's transition problems. Uh, probably one of the worst uh, drawings of Harley Quinn that I've seen in a long time. And it just, I hate it. And the other, well, the team now, you have Reverse Flash, Black Mana, Captain Boomerang, and Harley. And again, they make everybody so generic of what they are there's harley oh she's got that crazy oh, she's and, crazy one. yeah and then and again and there's reverse flash he's trying to see what powers he has he doesn't run as fast and and this whole issue involves them in this um clone factory uh just trying to blow it up that's basically what it is and it's just at the uh, – it's bad. At the one thing there's – and there's the other part of it is that Amanda Waller has been uh, having problems in her personal life. She seems a little sad. <laughs> and so in this issue, they wow. show her and me and uh, on the site we kind of went back with Jody on the site in the comments that at one point she's, oh, order me a salad. She has a personal secretary. Order me a salad. And then the girl's like, okay. And then, no, make it a pulled pork sandwich. <laughs> and that's supposed to be, again, it's obvious in it that it's like, oh, I'm going to change my life. I'm in a rut. I'm going to, but yeah. again, me and Jody were laughing on the site because it does seem like it's like, this is the first step toward getting the original Amanda Waller back. The wall. wall. She gets the big, she wants the pull part. The next week, I, I, I would love it if each week or each week, each month, she's or like next week or God, I keep saying it like next month. 
order me three pizzas. And then it just keeps going and going. Uh, and she starts blowing up like Weird Al in the fat video. Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> so then the other issue is they had Vic Sage in it, which this was a guy. It's not the Vic Sage that you would hope, I guess. Yeah. But he um, he was put in charge. After the first, they, they tried to explain it that Amanda Waller, she screwed up the Suicide Squad from the beginning. Right. And when it was the new Suicide Squad revamped, they got this Vic Sage to be the head of it. Well, Amanda Waller had the codes to the blow up your head bombs. Yeah. And he didn't the like that. Blow up your head yeah, bomb. the blow up your head bombs. So he didn't like it. So he went back to Washington D.C. to whine and cry that he didn't have these. So he, he's there. Oh, I want these things. They won't give it to her. They, they're basically the the guy he talks to is like. Get the hell back. You're getting paid to do your job. Go the hell back there and get Amanda Waller off those pork sandwiches. She's going to blow up. <laughs> so instead of him going back, he goes to a bar to hang out. And I'm telling you, I don't oh. know what's going on. She told me about this. It's great. This good-looking dude shows up and gives him his card. And I don't know at the end if he is being recruited to a – evil organization or he may have just made a, a date on uh, gaydate.com i don't know this guy might have i don't know what vic sage which way he swings i'm but, telling you though that's that's the new way to do things no more tapping your toe underneath a, a bathroom stall it's no. like you get a card printed meet it, me out back five minutes and it's for the pearl group and he's like, uh, what? Do you, we'd love to hear from you and i'm telling you it seems so weird but again, so this is the same guy, I believe, he had uh, given the same thing to um, uh, KG Beast before. And the, the weird thing is, is the guy wow. actually looks like, to me, looks almost like he would be Vic Sage's uh, non-ginger uh, twin. He looks just like him to me because uh, Vic Sage is a, is a ginger. But yeah, they, so you get the idea. It's, it's obvious they're going to make this other – group that's going to be against the suicide squad and then but it again that it's just it's not it, it was a bad issue it, it was pure filler uh they seem to just have like a generic dialogue for each that's what vic, that's what vic sage was hoping for in the bathroom later on he was he, he was filler. oh huh. yeah but again uh all in all i gave it a two out of ten i was really yeah, harsh bad. And uh, I actually almost gave it a three, but then I started writing more about like my ending paragraph, my blurb, uh, and I realized how much I was like I just hated it. Uh, so it, it was. And that's it, what you go you do with the gut feeling. Then you go by like yeah. you know what you liked about it. Then it all comes down to the gut feeling for a score. Yeah, and uh, again, I I've enjoyed the new Suicide Squad up till now, but this this issue was definitely a downer. So two out of ten, and I'm hoping next next month it works itself out and gets a little better. Hey, here's hoping. But we next one we don't even have to wait months because it's a weekly and it's yours. The new Fifty Two Futures End number thirty seven. Yeah, on this we have uh, Brian Azzarello, Jeff Lemire, Dan Jurgens, and Keith Giffen writing, and Aaron Lopresti and Art Thibbert on art. Yeah. You think it's Thibbert or Tibbert with a good silent H? Tibbert. God, I hate names. I say Tibbert. Do you? All right. Oh, Actually, I know I've never said that name out loud, but right now I say that <laughs> it is Tibbert. But again, if I say it, it's probably wrong. Yeah, me as well. And again, but, this one I'm not even going to be able to really uh, join in. I did when, not when read When did you this. stop reading? Uh, what's that? Oh, the Wait. the actual series. Yeah. I believe me and my son Rafe were getting it, and we got it uh, up until issue six. 
<laughs> and like I said, the issues are still piling up at the comic book shop because I was yeah. a real dick. And I'm sure if anybody's listening to no, this. That they, guy was a real dick. Well, he was. But really, if, if you're going to stop a, a pull list, you should at least give him a heads up. But I kind of just left the one day and the hell with him because, yeah, the guy at our local comic store is not a good guy. He's a dick. Yeah. So, yeah, he is. the hell with him. I hope there's a pile of freaking books and they fall on his. Get all riled up. Now you're riling me up. It's too anyway, late to get riled up. Going to Future's End. Yep. Come on. Uh, this issue, like the past couple of weeks, is just another bit of setup. It's just a bunch of stories that are stuff's happening, but nothing is really happening. And I'm getting really upset about it. Like we have Amethyst, Amethyst going to take Frankenstein to the House of Mysteries to see if the Justice League Dark could help him. And to me, that doesn't even ring true from what we were told at the uh, the Justice League Dark Future Zen tie-in back in September, mm-hmm. because they were supposed to be in this other dimension, which it says in this book that they're in this nowhere place. But how the hell does Amethyst and fucking Frankenstein get there? They can't leave this place, so how the hell are people coming in and leaving? I don't get it. But uh, then Constantine comes in. We find out that Constantine pretty much sacrificed Gemworld during the Earth 2 war, and uh, it's to save Earth instead of parademons and dark side, couldn't get a hold of magic, which I don't really see them using magic, so it's really weird to me. Uh, so uh, Amethyst cuts, like, uh, she, she hates uh, Constance. She throws a sword at him. It's just an astral projection, though. It didn't do nothing. And then we just move on where he says, you've got to go to Castle Frankenstein. <laughs> this seems like it's got a lot of crazy stuff. I would say, Frankenstein has uh, Hawkman's, like, amp metal arm. Like, amp- when they thought Hawkman was dead, they amputated the arm and put it on Frankenstein because he needed a new arm. And now the amp metal's fucking up his, like, you know, undead body. It's making him mortal again. And he's dying because he got shot. Okay. So, so they're like, go back to Castle Frankenstein. And that's where we end. So nothing really happens except for a flashback that really didn't matter about how Gemworld fell. Okay. And I don't care about Gemworld, so good on Constantine. <laughs> well, and... The way you're, you're talking about this and saying some stuff in some of the other reviews, do you get – this is kind of goes in with my uh, Batman Eternal too. Um, there's not that much time left. I and know. Do, do you get the idea that you're already starting to think, you know what, a lot of stuff is not going to get tied up in this book? I hope it does. Yeah. I mean it's – I think they might they – sh- they should be able to do this. But right now it feels like they don't have enough stuff, so they're just adding more and more filler. Okay. Yeah, I just I, it's weird with these weekly books. Now I haven't really done uh, or read a lot of weeklies uh, before, and it's right. just I don't know with with the with mine and even when we were when me and my son were reading the first pretty much I guess would be the first arc of uh, no, Future's no End. Arcs to this. Yeah, I call it that. Yeah, well the first six whatever, but it seemed like a lot. I I don't know. It seemed like a lot of stuff was being thrown out at one point. Like boom, you get this, 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 and this, and then they kind of get away from stuff. To I yeah, and then some of the stuff you find boring though, or not really interesting, and you're still stuck with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. The weekly that's, book is a tough deal. It's like the next section. We have this whole thing where uh, King Faraday had lost a vault when God. Uh, Cadmus Island fell. It actually broke off and fell into the ocean. And uh, he wants 50 Sue to go get it. She just teleports it there, but they're on top of a building. It's this house-sized vault. It just crumbles through this building. And when it does, the one um, person on his team, Mercy, who has the ability to kill you with a touch, goes okay. and touches 50 Sue. And it looks like she's dead. But then uh, pretty much uh, Cole, like, uh, well, Grifter, and Lana Lang disappear. The vault disappears instead of 50 Sue, and they're just left with that. Mm-hmm. I don't care anything about that. It's like, okay, 
she feigned death, and now you know King Faraday's fucked because she knows that they tried to have her killed. Yeah, it like it, like you're saying it is. It's a tough thing when you have a weekly book and any book, but especially a weekly because, like you said, you might get stuck with something you don't even care about for weeks. Yeah, and it's not like a. I mean, you you have a Supergirl book. You're at least gonna get Supergirl for the most yeah. part, but yeah, I I had the same issue. Now this this month in in Batman Eternal, it kind of went. Uh, I actually had a better thing where I got back to something I want, but for the last couple of weeks, it it hasn't been what I wanted either. So, but I guess and what you gave it a five out of ten, right? Well, I'm not done with this bit. Oh, because, uh, I'm saying with well, the biggest Sorry. part of the book. <laughs> But the biggest part of the book that they're, they're still setting up is this whole thing with Batman Beyond, yeah. Batman, and this Batman slash Joker monster that's all brother eyed up, okay. uh, coming back to kill Batman Beyond. So now it's come back after uh, Terry lost his virginity. So we didn't get nice. to talk about that last no. week. It's a catastrophic failure. Yeah, we had a big failure. Yeah, apparently in 35 years from now, there's so much war you can't get laid. Nice. So, him and, him and so that was the 80s for me? Yeah, that was, yes. 35 years from now is the 80s for you. That's right. <laughs> Uh, uh, but uh, Terry got laid finally by plastic, and he had to, the best part of that though. I didn't, I'm getting off track here, but he's like, "Can we do that again?" Nice. It, it was like an '80s teen movie. I had yes. to laugh so hard at that. But this, I'm saying, this week uh, they're waiting for Tim Drake to get back to the wounded duck, and then Tim Drake just punches him in the face because he blew up his fucking bar. Nice. And, and uh, was he and cleaning? Joker, a, was he cleaning the glass at any point? No, I'm saying that he just got back and the bar oh, was okay. destroyed. Oh, like just... the, the windows are boarded up. Uh, but I'm saying the whole thing ends with the Joker monster coming, like Batman Joker monster coming back and like, hey, target acquired. Okay, I guess we're not going to have anything interesting this week either. And it's just been that week after week now. I'm yeah. getting really upset about it. I gave it a five out of ten, and like uh, Aaron uh, Aaron Lopresti's art, I usually like, and even that was seem a little subpar this week. Yeah, I actually looked at the issue and I wasn't that impressed. And it, it's weird. It's one of those, like you said, I like Aaron Lepresti. Uh, yeah. So it's one of those where you're you're looking at the issue, and I'm like, man, I wonder who that is. And when I like, what? It, it really, you know, it, it surprised me that it was him. Yeah, me. But yeah, that's that, my next book is Superman Wonder Woman number fifteen, uh, which I hated, and it's weird. Uh, since Peter J. Tomasi has taken over this book, I've pretty much not liked it at all. And it, it really, it, it's a shock to me even, uh, because I really like Peter J. Tomasi. I think he's a really good writer. And in yeah. fact, up in, uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah, and I really think that he's one of those guys that really can get a character right and get into it, and yet what he does this month, and I'm telling you, since he's taken over... I don't know if it's that he just hates Wonder Woman or because I, I've, I've read Batman uh, and Robin and he seems to get – you know what I mean? He gets characters. He's not a guy yeah. who just – you like, oh, Peter J. Tomasi, that guy sucks. He's a good writer, but his Wonder Woman in this is so bad. And it's almost like he's taken the idea that being a strong – female character means you have to be a bitch and she is a bitch and i i think i if you remember a couple issues ago i even said that i it was probably his first issue that he took over where 
they're, she's getting so angry at Superman because Superman, they're waiting for a cab. They're going out on a date, right. and they're waiting for a cab, and it's raining. And Superman keeps giving the cabs that show up to, like, there's an old couple. They're, you know, guy, uh, yeah, I'm making it up, but they're a crippled he's guy. Being yes, he's being the good guy is. And what's weird is it's almost like this book has turned from being the Superman-Wonder Woman relationship book into the book to, hey, let's see how much better a guy Superman is than Wonder Woman. And us sort fact, of split them up by making up. Clark patient, oh, and in this, and they they kind of go at it. And again, the this big thing since Peter J. Tomasi is it's the it's the introduction of Magog to uh, the right. new Fifty Two. And I are you a big Magog fan? I've never been a big Magog okay. fan. I I don't think anybody is. And basically, Magog, am I correct in saying that Magog is kind of a parody of '90s characters? He is a guy who's just over the top extreme, and he wants to. Uh, kill well, all no. the he his whole thing is he hates the classic characters he hates superman in kingdom come is what he hated these classic yeah. characters so he's almost like the new character taken down and in this i don't even get the concept of really what they're going for here he de he obviously he definitely wants to kill superman and wonder woman and yeah. this issue you get his um, origin and again it's kind of eh. I, I really didn't care, and That's even the worst. Not, I know. And even if I did care, like I said, what he what Peter J. Tomasi does with Wonder Woman here is just so awful. At one point, and again, I I kind of described it to you, and you 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 thought of this as a different way, which I think is what it's supposed to be. But in a scene, Wonder Woman is going after Magog, and, and Magog is throwing a car off of a bridge. Full of and people. It's full of people, full of a family. And they're there and it's it's a weird scene because there there's a car flying perfectly going and and <laughs> it's like the kid's like, Oh no, dad, we're gonna die and the dad says, No, we're not. Here comes Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman flies right by them, doesn't even blink an eye to even save them, goes after Magog. And Superman comes in and at the last second I think it's actually two cars, he saves them, catches them. And then yeah. she basically Superman's like, "What the heck are you doing?" And she's, "Oh, I knew you'd you'd get them." But he even well, calls the thing it. Is, uh, you discussed it with me about this part of the issue, and I like without even with you telling me that Superman was bitching afterwards. I saw it as there's such a well-oiled machine that she went past yeah, while like Superman I said to you then, it, it really doesn't come off like a well-oiled machine, though. It comes exactly. off as – it actually comes off as Superman has to follow Wonder Woman around because she's so awful that people are going to be killed in her wake if he doesn't come. <laughs> now at one point she does save Clark and again, but yeah, and uh, uh, she's like, oh – you know, I have trust and faith. I know you were behind me. And Superman's putting these cars down. He goes, "Yeah, but a little doubt sometimes goes a long way." Like he's telling her, "Like, listen, lady, you gotta help. You can't just do this." Hey, then, I know I'm Superman, but come on. Yeah, and, but then she explains later that she does this because she, I'm the god of war. This is what I do. I don't care. And it's almost like she's saying, "Like these people on this planet, 
or collateral damage anytime they get hit. I don't care. I am I'm the god of war. This is I'm a bad per you know, I get things done this way. And I believe that it's it's, it's very forced the way that it's definitely coming down to they're gonna square off with each other about how they go about doing their things. There's Wonder Woman who thinks that you're supposed to like might is right. I'm the I'm God of War. I can do what I want and you know what? This is the way that you're gonna get things done. And Superman is like no, we're here to save people. We're, I'm, you know, and again, you you could you could argue that it kind of pulls out the thing that yes, Superman has more of humanity to him because how he was raised by the Kents and Wonder Woman. No, she's a goddess now. You know, she was a princess. Now she's a god of war, and it's one of those things that maybe she didn't learn the you know the right way because really what she's doing is what the Amazons would do. Yeah, you know they. But that's what I always. Well, Wonder Woman is because she was more than that. It was almost as if, yes, she was brought up from a, a little girl to be this fighting machine and be the strong thing, but yet she was such a good person. And it, it just – that's what I liked about her, and I liked it in this whole series. And in fact, the, the, when Charles Sewell had done it, what I really liked was up until – Peter, up until the end of his run, he made Wonder Woman the the stronger of the characters, but it was more the strength of not just punching people. It was like her morals and everything was like she was the one that Superman was looking to 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 be a good person and stuff like that, and it's gone. It really is. And again, then it ends with a crazy cliffhanger that I really don't care that much about, but it ties in more to Wonder Woman's deal. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that within a bunch of issues, we're going to have a whole arc where Superman and Wonder Woman are really against each other. Oh, and that's what you have to have at this point. Yeah, yeah. It was such a big deal when they first got together. Was, yep. Everybody was talking about this, but since then, nobody cares. No, and uh, speaking of that, it kind of ties into one of the things I noticed that uh, only three people on Comic Roundup, the people that are on that uh, aggregate site, only three reviews for this book. And it's it was a big thing at one point, and yeah, I serious. and I I can't even say that it's just Charles Soule leaving that caused the the downfall, but uh, I just think that it's kind of run its its deal out. It's kind of going out. So if it does end, which I I don't do you, can you see them having this book without them having a relationship? Now if they go square off against each other, that's fine. That that's pretty good. But that can only last so long too. But without them being boyfriend and girlfriend, kind of, I, I really, now I really find the book to not really have that much of a, a reason to exist anymore. I, I just love the way you said boyfriend girlfriend. It sounded like you were in high school. I know. Do you like <laughs> me? Say yes or no. Uh, I don't know. I, I want to say yes because it could kind of work the way Batman Superman does. But I see if they break up, that Wonder Woman would hold a fucking grudge. Yeah, it's like I said, that's the problem is, uh, you know as well as I do, first off, a guy and a girl don't hang out with, with just hanging out. No. And again, you're, you're going to have a book where these two were boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> and then they end up breaking up, but yet they still think for the good of everybody will be together. It just doesn't seem right to me. And it just seems, again... I liked the book. I really did. I this was one of my favorite books at one point. That's yeah. that points back. It, it's been a while, but I love Superman. I love Wonder Woman. So to, them together, it was great. And 
it seems like because like you said the big thing was that they kissed booster yeah. booster gold went away because of it all this thing and shit was happening everything everybody liked it i don't know if this book kind of they jumped the gun on it and it didn't have I, I, it just doesn't seem right now it seems to be losing its its direction and losing its path of what it's trying to do and what it can be and i That's just it. i at this point it just kind of seems like uh we're like since it was such a big deal that they kissed and now it's been put kind of on the back burner of this whole relationship that we're leading towards the first big fight yeah 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 and I think that will try to get people interested again. Well, it would. And again, it's it's gonna they're gonna do something. And maybe it's as soon as how they deal with Magog. Maybe it's right. that you know Superman's not gonna kill him, but Wonder no. Woman might. And it'll be you know Wonder Woman will try to kill him. Superman will stop him. Something will happen. Whatever. And that breaks him up. And then you have that whole thing where all of a sudden they're just against each other. But again, how long can that last? That sort and then of the thing. Makeup but yes. But then they then it just. Again, then I don't know. It's just to me, but again, I gave this a 3.5 out of 10. And yeah, I did not like it, and mainly, mainly because of the um, the way that uh, Tomasi portrayed Wonder Woman, but also the Doug Menke on art. We didn't even mention him. I love Doug Menke. I think he's great. I and I, I actually this issue. I really, really liked, and then it split. He only does a partial issue, and Ed Bennis takes over. And I'm telling you, Ed Bennis is another guy that I don't mind his art. I don't ever remember saying it's awful. I, he's, he's an artist. He's good. It seems like he mailed this one in. It really does. It's like all of a sudden they Doug Menke went on vacation and forgot to finish the issue, and they had to call Ed Bennis the day before print because right. it, it's rough. And it ends that way, and it just it's it's a pity and whatnot. And I again, I hate when they have multiple artists for no reason except that it looks like a guy didn't get done, and it's just not that great. But yeah, three out of three point five out of ten, of, and that's that. But next up is an issue I know that you loved. Loved it. You loved it like boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, we have Constantine number 21 by Ray Fox and art by Jeremy Hahn. And I just love both those guys. I, I love them both on this book together. But for some reason, we have we have Constantine and Earth 2 now. And ever since Ray Fox has taken Constantine to Earth 2, the writing has changed and it's become so good. Mm-hmm. It's all been about the internal struggle of Constantine of what he feels he has to do about what's right or what's wrong. And usually him having to do wrong because it's the right thing to do in his mind. Mm-hmm. And this entire issue has, like, Constantine is standing inside of a sigil that he drew out for, like, the Earth 2, like, counterparts to him and his other, like, his other self's family and friends. And they're waiting for him to activate it so they can, he could transport them to, like, Prime Earth, away from all the dangers of Earth 2. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Fate shows up, and he's like, come on, they're like, get it going. And they realize, oh, Constantine can't because his soul is being split between him and his devil. So the whole point is whether – like Constantine does not activate this thing because he doesn't know what to do because magic won't work as long as there are two Johns. And it's so good. And at the end, he finally – like he's, he, wants, he wants to tell the other John to kill him because this other John is way better than him. But he fucking – he goes back to his selfish nature and he tells John that, yes, it's your fault that we can't just get the sigil open and transport everybody to safety. So then he says goodbye to himself and stabs the other John. And does what? 
Well, he kisses him goodbye. He I, kisses himself on the lips. Yeah, I, I'm saying, though, it's this other person that he loves. This is this person that he wishes he could be. It's the better version of him that he could never possibly be, and he does not want to do this. He loves this figure, and he kisses him on the lips deeply as he pushes the knife inside of him. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> deeply, it, huh? I'm saying, yes. You're starting to, can you do that scene. in a breathy voice? Uh, he did it so deeply. It, uh, yeah, I it really rubs me the wrong way. And I, again, I, you have told me this story a couple times now, and each time it gets weirder. No, man, and, I'm telling you, it is a powerful fucking scene, and I agree with it completely with the choice that he, uh, Ray Fox made in doing this. Okay, so, but you would think that, does he, if you saw, if you went to another Earth and ran into another version of you, would you consider that like a brother? Would you consider that like a friend? No, I consider it me. And that, like, is there any more worst incest than no, than kiss? No, it's not incest because it's it's himself. It's weird. I, like, I it's just an I I don't know. I don't think I'd kiss myself. You'll you'll jerk yourself off though. I probably would do that, but that would probably be for five no, bucks. I'm saying though, you're saying it's how it's incest because it's whatever. But I'm saying masturbation, same thing. And no. like, you know, it's another yeah. it's another being and it's not him it's the earth 2 version of him yes and he loves listen i'm not the only one who has a problem with this i i think it's perfectly uh sound the reasoning behind it and i i'm all for it you did you think it it made it better that he made out with himself he did not make out with himself he gave him a kiss goodbye on the mouth, <laughs> on the mouth. And again, i love that we're talking about this earlier and you're like, yeah, they do that. They're British. Uh, my yeah, mom's also, my mom's British. I don't know what you think British people do that you think that they're making out with each other. Look, look, like apparently from everything I see on the BBC, they are all willy-nilly no, about bisexuality. That's not true. That's bisexual. I'm talking. You're acting like they're French. That they're and even the French, it's kissed to the cheek twice, whatnot. I've never seen anybody. Go up to somebody that they consider this. I'm telling you, this is like a twin. I don't know any twins that are saying goodbye and they're kissing each other on the lips. It's himself, though. It's a person. But it's that still. He it's the closest. The closest thing it would be would be a twin. It's a okay, twin. Fine. It's an alternate version of you. Yes. A twin is an alternate version of you, probably closer than these two. That he truly loves, though. Well, he might truly love him, but he loves him because it's. I just. I, Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I can't wrap my head around that. Why they would have him kiss himself? Because it's a very powerful scene, and it works. Do you that you you stand by that? I stand by it wholeheartedly. Uh -huh. I thought it was a beautiful scene. It was really deep and moving. A lot of people love this issue. Uh, it was. It was. I'm telling you, ever since uh, Constantine's come to Earth, it's become more of internal in the writing and more about his personal struggle, and it's really worked for the series. It works so well. I gave this a 9 out of 10. I'm telling you, you know how much I love Dr. Fate. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Fate's in this issue. He's a bat, He's on the back step there because it doesn't matter whether he's in it or not. It's all about Constantine. Yeah. Does Constantine kiss Dr. Fate? I Shut don't up. Shut up. That's, I think, every – but Constantine now is just going to start making out with everyone. Oh, fair. I'm okay with that. As you long okay? As he, you like, as long as he's you, know, you want yourself a little Constantine there? Uh, that Matt Ryan on the show, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> uh, do, when you read Constantine now, do you do you hear Matt Ryan's voice? 
No, actually, I, that's the only thing I don't because I'm not completely sold on his voice for the show yet. Oh, really? You know what's weird is in my deal, and I don't know if this is something to do with my uh, multiple problems I have with attention and stuff like that, but uh, I don't hear any voices when I read. Everybody, it, it seems like I'm the only one that people talk about this all the time, yeah. and I'm like on the outside because I do not hear any voices when I read. You know whose voice? I hear my stupid voice in my head <laughs> for every guess. It's like Batgirl's like, hey, buddy. <laughs> It's all that I don't hear any voices at all, and it actually upsets me sometimes when people say that. I'm like, that'd be cool to me that it I'm, is cool. I'm I, hearing. I, 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 you know, I I do Batman, and I don't hear Kevin Conroy. I hear me. I do. It's me. Oh. Actually, if I do hear anything, I kind of laugh at myself, thinking or repeating lines with the Christian Bale growl, which I'm sure a lot of. But that's it. I don't hear anybody at all, and well, it's, it sucks. But this is why I can't watch all of uh, Shawshank Redemption. That is not why. I think it is. I think it's something to do with it. I think I'm well, telling you. Because when you hear freaking uh, Morgan Freeman talk, you hear. No, I think something's your wrong. Your stupid ass I, voice. No, I think it's wrong. Something <laughs> in my brain that's wrong where I can't. It's yes, like it's I. ADD. Yeah, I can't keep any sort of attention. So when I'm reading, it's just I don't even get that. And again, I think that that's also. This is a crazy off kilter comment and talk but when people talk about how they they draw and artists and things right. like that which it's again if if people come to our site they and they really read our reviews and pay attention they might get the idea that yes me and you aren't the greatest of critics of art we basically go with the if uh, you like what you see yeah. or, or you don't uh to me it's amazing because i could look at something like a, a bowl of fruit and I don't know. I just can't pay attention enough to even somewhat even draw. Like I'm, I'd probably draw a triangle uh, apple and <laughs> shit like that because okay, I just. Okay, you're retarded. Okay. That, well, no. What I'm saying, yeah, maybe. But what I'm saying is, I can't even get that visual to, in my head long enough to even copy it. But that's uh, again. This all goes back to what really makes me sad that I can't hear Constantine's voice as Matt Ryan as he makes out with himself. It's completely justifiable. You're making too much of this. I don't know. It's so weird. Have you anybody online talking about it? Because uh, I haven't. I haven't really looked, but I'm going to – right now as we speak, if you can hear me, I'm on Reddit now. Can you hear my keyboard? Yes, I can hear Okay. Dear Reddit users, I don't like Constantine kissing themselves. I was just downvoted 17 times. It took that that quick. And actually, I've now been shadow banned off of Reddit in that little bit of time. And yeah, actually, it, sounds like, it sounds about right. Yep, there we go. Well, the next uh, next issue is Earth 2 World's End, number 15. All right, well, with this one, I'll, I'll tell you the writers. I'm not telling you all the artists because we'll be here all goddamn night because yeah. every freaking week there are a ton of artists. And there's a but ton, we... and I think one of them might be like Sleepy Doc – Sneezy. It's like so many of them. It's awful. I'm telling you, it's Daniel H. Wilson, Marguerite Bennett, and Mike Johnson on writing. Mm -hmm. And then a ton of other artists who, you know, it changes up each week. Mm -hmm. But there's a ton. Every there's a lot. Week. What's weird, though, is I did ask you this week, because every time we do this, I write down all these artists. I'm like, holy moly. I, and I did ask you if, if there were a lot of transition issues in the in the actual issue. And you said there really wasn't that much of a problem with that. 
I don't I I don't know if it's just because I'm used to it by now, but I, I know when the the series first started, it was shocking how like you know jarring it was in between okay. transitions. Well, well, like we said, uh, I even asked you that if you thought that like um like how future not futures and like some of the book. Do you think that every one of these guys has at least a page, or do you think that it's oh, yeah, kind yeah, of a mix? So they definitely did. Well, the way I think it works is, um, you know, you have a pencil or an inker team who do one section and then like okay, so on. Yeah, so you on. did say that. Yeah, that makes sense. But how was the issue? It was not good, and it has not been good for a while now. Mm-hmm. Things are like this is what we're talking about before, where uh, about future Zen, but it's the opposite. Where I said it seems like they don't have enough story to keep it going. Yeah. This they have too much story and they're just rushing shit out. Okay. And it does not make it. There's no like rhyme or reason behind it. Like you know, out of nowhere the uh, the Avatar of the Red starts out and she's uh, she's imprisoned by Desaad and he's making clones of her when she was supposed to be like you know inside the Tower of Fate, which that awful Earth two uh, the other week mm-hmm. like showed the origin. She's supposed to just go off to the Tower of Fate and wait there. Now Desaad just has her because it's. It's really getting on my nerves because that's like um, for this issue, we had Dick Grayson beat the shit out of all these thugs brutally. Mm-hmm. And all we had was the last issue was a small segment where Ted Grant beat the shit out of him to teach him how to fight. And I, we immediately go from that to him kicking it. He's, he's Bruce Lee in this. So what, you're, what you're saying is he went through a montage. No, that's why I even called my review. No montage uh, because I said that's all I need for you to do is tell me like time has passed or something like that or just have a small montage scene and my like uh, suspended disbelief can just take over from there. This long, I get nothing. As long as at the end they're running on the beach and, uh, and, then, yeah, at, right. and then at the end finally Dick beats him. Now we're in Rocky 3. <laughs> I like the Rocky 3 montage. <laughs> But no, I'm saying we have a bunch of stuff going here where the avatars are still fighting um, the uh, Furies of Apocalypse. Okay. We haven't gotten any further. They're still getting their ass kicked, but now the the uh, the red avatar is going to be making her way up to somehow make the fight better. I don't know if it has to be like, with our powers combined, we make planet Earth. Hey, wait a minute. Some- wait one minute. We lost the podcast last week, and everybody did not – nobody got to hear your red avatar accent, and I want to hear it now. Absolutely not. Oh, come on. Now, right. when, when you do do this, do you think of Rosie Perez? No, I do not. Okay. I, actually, I actually have no idea who I think. Come on, give me. Reason, like, the Avatar of the Red is a girl, Yolanda Monta, uh, Montez, but I hear whenever I read it, I hear a guy, like the most stereotypical fucking Hispanic-like voice you'd ever hear. It's like, oh, Hermanito. I can't even do a plot like it's like stereotypical. It's, it's awful. Oh, Hermanito, I take care of you. No. <laughs> It's the worst goddamn thing, but this is what I hear when I read it. Okay, and you you are not very big on the on the whole character anyway, right? No, I'm, there's no. I'm saying well, the character's okay, but she's just been thrown at us out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I want to like the character. I just don't know anything about her except she's overprotective for her cousin who is going to become the Avatar of the Red, and she took his place, and that's it. Now she's you know was in the Tower of Fate and decides cloning labs. And now, you know, she's out and about now that uh, Superman's sacrificed himself this issue to save everybody. Okay. U- using his poison blood, he went to a machine, created a gas, killed all the clones, and now Superman's dead, but the Avatar of the Red is free. It awesome. was just a bunch of, like, it was the weird science that we talk about, which we don't actually talk about for our site. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we make jokes about how, oh, it's going to be about weird science of the uh, comics and stuff like that. We never talk about that nonsense. Yeah. 
this was all weird science, like Clark being able to turn his blood into this poison gas. I don't think that's what the machine was made for. And how does he know how to use yeah, it? Yeah, it just happens, machine. and he knows how to use it. It's like I've been in an MRI machine. I don't know how to turn that on or use it. Nope. I could. No you, I could shove you in a microwave. You're not going to know how to use it. Now me muffin top in the way I am. <laughs> it's a big microwave. <laughs> but what? no, I gave that a four out of ten because it's just been continuously awful each week. Yeah. And I feel like they're just rushing to get things out there so they can uh, meet their uh, end date. Hell. The next book, speaking of weird science, uh, this is one that I actually tried to make you read and you couldn't even get through it. I got a few pages in and the dialogue was so painful I had to put it down. And It's Clarion Number 4. And again, it's written by Innocenti, uh, art by Fabrizio Forientino and Seisman Kodransky. Uh, you sound like you're about to do one of those uh, awful. Uh, did you like that? Yeah. I what I love the my favorite part of that is there was a guy and I can't remember what his name was, but he was on I believe it was NPR. Oh, I remember what it was. And what he'd be like, and it's like, hi, this is the news for today, and I'm one for later. All of a sudden, when he said his name, it would go so Hispanic into the name. But yeah, I, that was almost my Italian accent, Fabrizio Forentino. <laughs> Grazie. But uh, this issue, Clarion number four, it was god awful. And it has been, the book has been canceled. And I don't care what anybody can write to me till the end of time. They can write on our site. They can send me nasty Twitter messages. And all these have happened. And again, Innocenti doesn't deserve anybody to defend her because she is the. She's the ruin of anything she touches in the New 52. <laughs> the Midas of shit. It, it just in the New 52, yes. Everything she touches, it turns to a big pile of crap. And I don't care what anybody says because I have the numbers to prove it. I have the issues to prove it. I, I always end up doing all her issues. And the, the weird thing about Clarion since it started was usually I have really enjoyed reading Endocenti's book at, books as kind of just a bad, sure. awful humor. I like to read her awful dialogue, and, they, and I don't know if it's just I've had too many of these books. Or this one, what the weird thing is, is the first issue of Clarion, I even said this was actually the best issue that Endocenti has written, in my opinion, in all of the New 52. And I actually thought, you know what? Maybe this is her way that she finally knows or has a character that she knows. But what got me was I think that that issue I said was the best. I still gave a six. Right. So I thought to myself, this is really going to suck if we have a mediocre title that just isn't even fun to read. And it kind of got fun. Now it's back to being awful. This issue is awful. Um, I would love for somebody to get a hold of me and tell me what the hell is going on because <laughs> I read the book and review it. And – this book goes from Clarion uh, riding in uh, Beelzebub's car to being chased by a bunch of bees to having buddy bots that uh, his buddy Rass wants to have sex with. Then he gets drunk. Then he, I, it, this thing is all over there. And the only <laughs> thing, did you get to the part where he's deciding what to do? It's it's pretty far off. I don't know where what page it was, but you uh, remind me here. It's where Zell is going through a portal away from the freaking witch police. Yeah, nah, nah. Well, let me see. Actually, that's this... like page four. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's where you got. I thought you were asking if. Okay, so you got you got nowhere. And again, they're trying to tie like this witch police, and it, it goes in with this moody museum where he is. 
and there is only one thing where he's trying to decide what to do and in the situation it's actually a really cool page where he has four different alternate you know alternate realities of what would happen if he goes with what he wants to do and then he picks almost the worst one but the the thing i like that i really like the art the art has never been a problem with this this book and the usual trevor mccarthy is usually on the book and his art is awesome and old fabrizio and seisman do it this month and it it's good it, i didn't it's, hate it no I mean, the I, art i, I like i like that they have now again this book is so heavy on the purples and the yellows and but i i like it it has a different look and I, I didn't i didn't care for the panel layout okay i was gonna from. say i actually by now i'm kind of used to the panel layout so i actually enjoy it enough but again it's like i, I hate to say that it's shining a turd uh, <laughs> but it is it's really this book the dialogue is so bad and there's always something in any of her issues that you just do in fact one of the big things in this issue is that this whole story with these buddy bots that you know they're personal pets type things that are grown from you where you know it's it's a plot to control people and one of them is a elephant looking one that's trying to keep a guy from drinking it's like a 12-step program and it's all but basically it ends up tying them up and yelling at them and Wasn't it that just the plot the golden compass uh, yeah uh, exactly that's what actually that's pretty good because that's what they're like they are like the uh the familiars or whatever in the golden right. compass the demons the demons yeah with the uh, e o m e i could i read the books I, that, I, you know awesome. what that's as far as i know so yeah, i'm no, out now no the the books were awesome but uh this book isn't awesome it's it's awful <laughs> and it's again it was canceled for a reason and the reason was because the sales were awful and the reason the sales were awful is because i to me everybody's done they They're know everybody bullshit. knows that Anosenti's books are no good and then they throw in clarion and i don't care if anybody can tell me that the reason this book's failing is be oh it's such a hard character and it's such a yes clarion the witch boy is a hard sell yeah but if you can't tell me that if Scott Snyder did this book, people wouldn't buy it. It, it would be, it would sell. It wouldn't sell. Oh yeah, great. Be one of the top it, 10 it, it would, but it's, it's awful. It, it's just, it's just plain awful. And oh, I did this. I, I did this a little late. This review, and as far as I can tell, and I'm checking right now, I think I'm still the only one who did it. And I guarantee you that if one more person does it, that's going to be it because oh, yeah. I'm still the only one who's reviewed this book. This point, Everybody's bailed on. And again, you can yeah. say it's because it's been canceled. But all in all, it, it's just – it's not a good book. It never was. And Well, I see. Here. I'll say Brightest Daycare reviewed it. Yeah, well, yeah. it's You're right. He didn't have a, a – number on his his review so he wasn't on the the comic book roundup that i'm looking at but even you look at the the first issue i'm just looking at comic book roundup right now the first issue 20 people reviewed it then uh -huh. it went down to 11 then four and then me <laughs> uh there that list and i guarantee you that if one other person does that'd be uh, I would a love shock to and it's just 
everybody's bailed, including, I guess, Trevor McCarthy. If I was him, I'd run from this book. But again, I don't know. If you're an artist and you're on uh, a book that is awful, but you're great, it kind of makes you a little better, in my opinion. You're like, I yeah. I guess it's something yeah. that puts a bad taste in people's mouths. Well, the, the problem is, in all or other, she did Green, green uh, Arrow. Right. Katana, Catwoman. And the problem I always have with her, and I used to say in the reviews of those, what she, with her way she writes, she will never let the artist tell the story. <laughs> it's always like if somebody's going to go to the bathroom, three people are going to say something about it. Like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And the next, going to the bathroom, that's like a, a trip to the Uncanny Valley. And then the next person will say, the Uncanny Valley, I love going to the bathroom. They'll all just mention it. So it's really tough for me to be an artist on one of her books. But yet, Trevor McCarthy, he kicked ass. His art was awesome. And again, I really like the art this week. And I think that's even a compliment to uh, that Trevor McCarthy because they really seem to be trying to mimic his art to to keep the book, you know, and the yeah. thing. I I can only imagine when they uh, they bundle this up and freaking put it out on a trade, who's going to buy this. But at you least – I don't know. Why would you spend money on that? Because the people that are reading it now, nobody's interested. Yeah, I, I, and you know they will. Now, DC so bad with their trades. It will come out in three years, and maybe yeah. by then people will just like, oh, I, I don't remember this, or I, yeah. I kind of heard this. But, again, I, I – I don't know why they would do it because it, it's awful. It, it's bad. It got canceled and it deserved to be. And, you, what score did you give it? Uh, three out of ten. Because oh, I, yeah. I like the art. And again, I thinking of it right now and how angry I'm getting, I wish I would have given it a two. Uh, the weird thing is, is uh, lately, like how you say that you don't give a ten, I'm right. really, it's really tough for me to give like a one. Yeah, I mean, and I've heard people say, like, as long as it's been printed and it actually has words in it and it has some pictures, it should be, you know, a two. Oh, totally, yeah. But it's better than I can tell. If if the art wasn't as strong, this could really have changed my mind on that, given a one, because it is it's that bad. It really is. But I'll go to another title that was canceled. But also, uh, actually, is an issue that you actually liked a little better than most of oh, yeah. that issue. World's Finest, number 30. And man, am I not a fan of the series. Yeah. This was done by Paul Levitz and drawn by Jed Doherty. And I wanted this title to be so good when it was announced. Like, I was all about Power Girl and Huntress, and I thought this could be a great, like, you know, like female lead title and a duo at, at that. And Earth 2 tie-in could be great. And Paul Levitz is an old man trying to write for young girls, and it didn't work. And then, mm -hmm. so that uh, skimped along for a little while, and now we finally got ourselves on on Superman, Batman for the world's like from Earth Two for World's Finest. That's the duo, and we're going throughout their lives each issue where this apocalyptic entry keeps coming in trying to take Superman away to Apocalypse, and it's just Red Tornado, like uh, recording this like for like for her memory data banks in case anybody finds her of Earth Two like falls so they know. The story about the world's greatest heroes, and it's it's not fun to read. I mean, like going into this before, it was just bad, bad. But here we finally have Superman and Batman, like the way you think of them. You know, they're actually seasoned heroes, mm -hmm. and it's not bad. It's even it even starts out a little fun because we have Catwoman and uh, Robin, who are mother daughter, and like trying to take out a sex trafficking ring. Do they kiss? Shut up! God damn it! You gotta let that go, man. Uh. I, I'm, I'm going to somehow get a parallel version of you and force you to make out with it. I mean, making out with it? I wouldn't make out with myself. 
No, you're gross and fat. Yes, but... I am. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm starving right now, so yeah. thank you. Now we'll get on with this then. But um, this whole the whole thing about this issue though, it's supposed to be like uh, our interactions with the, our heroes with Terry Sloan, who we know to be a bad guy from the Earth Two series. But at this point, he should be a good guy. He should be Mister Eight, as we were introduced to him as a. Uh, oh, uh, what the hell? What was the original writer of Earth Two, Sam? I can't think of it right now. Uh, oh my God, uh, Robinson. Robinson. James Robinson. Story? James Robinson. James Robinson. Uh, he introduced his character as one of like you know a pre like uh, apocalypse invasion like mm-hmm. a Justice Society of America like uh, member, mm-hmm. and it just seems that he went bad along the lines. He's the world's smartest man, but here. We're kind of shown that he is always kind of bad. I, I don't know what to make of it because it just doesn't ring true from what I think of the character leading up to the series. But we see that he's like somehow like he's behind Robin and Catwoman getting trapped. You have a, that whole sex trafficking ring with a trap that gets them surrounded by people. Batman comes in, saves them. But then it goes to Val Zod's spaceship crash landing at the, at the Kent family farm and Terry Sloan taking control of it and Superman showing up one note. Hey, Sloan. What, what fell at this weird farm? You know, like he doesn't want to tell him it's, the, it's like the coincidence of him crashing there and another spaceship crashing there. Yeah. But by the time Superman gets there, it's already cleaned up. But what he has for him is the first bit of kryptonite that Superman's ever been exposed to. And I, that was kind of cool. But again, he exposes Superman to this. He's supposed to be the world's smartest man. So he knows what this is doing. And I wanted him to be kind of a good guy. Yeah, he has some plans behind the scenes. Like he's going to take control of this Kryptonian. But I still wanted him to work like – it seems like Superman didn't trust him and then Batman came in because uh, when Superman was weakened, the uh, apocalyptic injury came in to try to take him again. Batman whooped her monkey ass, man. Yeah. Like last issue, like they didn't know how to fight her. This time Batman was preparing for the next time they came across this broad. It was so good. He just kicked it up uh, a new god's ass. Oh. Set her packing. And, and then we just see that uh, Terry Sloan is like, he got away during the fight because, you know, he didn't want to talk to Batman about why he put his family in danger, which makes sense. You don't want yeah. to be confronted with that. No, you don't want that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it just pretty much says, yeah, he had Valzad. We're going to find, like, they find Valzad later on. But there's these stories. This one is the best one since uh, Batman and Superman have taken over the title. Uh, but they're just not good. These are not stories that you really care about. They're saying, yeah, this happened, remember? Well, what's weird is when they first said that the book was going to change to what it is now, they made it. The the announcement, I remember it, was that uh, Levitz was going to give everybody the secret history of Earth 2. And it uh, doesn't seem to be that, is it? Well, I'm saying, no. What this is, is every time that this apocalyptic entry tried to take Superman. That's it. Yeah. Throughout their lives. At, at, like any given time, she could just show up. You're coming with me. No, I'm not. And they fight. Where Wonder Woman saved uh, the last issue when he's a small boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, two issues ago. Two issues ago. Yeah, it's it's weird. It just it's not what I thought it was gonna be. It, it just continues that world's finest is not a good title. Yeah. And yeah. it's really disappointing. But I'm saying, as far as that goes, though, this is the most enjoyable of them, which doesn't say much. I gave it a six point mm-hmm. eight out of ten. So what you're telling me, it's the. Uh... Tallest midget at the circus. Exactly, it's the smallest giant. <laughs> Either or. Either way, it's it is what it is. If you're gonna pick up a world's finest issue, it might as well be this because you're gonna get a, it's gonna be the best out of all of them. Huh. Not including all the Power Girl Hunter stuff, but that just seemed as a way like you know let's get that, those characters in the book. 
so we could take Power Girl's clothes off. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, got tired of reading that. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting tired, uh, my next book is Batman Eternal number 41. And, <laughs> nice segue. Yeah. The issue uh, with this is that there's there's just a revolving door of uh, creative teams, and you kind of get what you get with each one. Uh, this one is actually Kyle Higgins, which is weird because I haven't seen anything from Kyle Higgins in oh, he's been, quite he's some been time. A ghost while. Yeah, so I was excited. I, oh, Kyle Higgins, and it's uh, Joe Kionis on uh, art. And basically, again, I'm oh Kyle Higgins, I'm I'm in. And also, they there's so many different stories going around in Batman Eternal, like you said, with uh, uh, World's End and even Future's End, that these weeklies, it seems like instead of telling just a straight-up one story, maybe jumping, there's there are so many different plot threads that are still dangling out there and they're getting, but this one... And it's one, annoying as shit to read. Well, it is. And this one, uh, one of the things going is a nanovirus has been going through Gotham, and it's affected Harper Rose's uh, brother, Colin. And... I'm telling you, of all of the plot lines, this probably was my least favorite. The one I really didn't care if I heard, you know, read more about. But it in this issue, because of who's involved with it, I loved it. And it was uh, Tim Tim Drake, Red Robin, and Harper have kind of been going trying to find out about this nanovirus. So again, I I like Tim Drake. I know you love Tim Drake. Love, but I love Harper. I really do love Harper. Don't and, care for the character. Yeah, I love her. And then they actually even call in backup, which is Jason Todd and Barbara Gordon, which are awesome. And I love those. And I'm telling you, Jason Todd in, in Eternal, and I said in my review that it's not that he does much, but when he does do something, he looks cool. And he has the best lines. And he I, I, like, don't, I don't like his jerk-off face in this. So yeah, well, draw the mask right. again, I, I had an issue I did even say. I like the art a lot of the issue, but I have – it is a pet peeve of mine that I've told you about time and time again that I don't like the uh, the, the mouth on Jason Mouthful, Todd's yeah. mask. I hate it. And there, it's there. And I, I know it. you have to do something because you want to have expressions. If he's going to smirk – it, it's tough, but I actually like just the solid deal, and you get what you get. And you, you want an you know, Iron Man? Now. Yeah, yeah, and you can kind of guess what Jason is doing. You go by the dialogue, but he's he's very snarky in, in Eternal, and I love it. And I really enjoy the back and forth with him and Barbara. Uh, yeah, that's fun. In this book, I I really do like it. And basically, there there's this issue deals with two plot lines. Uh, the nanovirus is the big one. Then there's a weird deal with uh, Stephanie Brown. Spoiler. Which, oh yeah, I even forgot that was. Well, in the it's book. weird. What what is weird, and I would think that you would agree that going into this whole Batman Eternal, that was one of the biggest things was Stephanie Brown. That. Stephanie Brown, yeah. and uh, she has been missing, not missing, but in the book, we haven't seen much of her. You get like a, a page, or you get a mention, and at the end of last issue. The mention was that um, Selena, Selena Kyle, wanted to see what's going on. She's trying to figure out what all this stuff is going on in, in uh, Gotham. So she asked one of her guys, hey, tell me what's going on. Is there anything strange going on? Check out things. Check out any hits that seem to be, you know, more than what they should. And it comes up, oh, there's this girl. She goes on the internet and spoils things, kind of like you 
<laughs> with with oh, uh, reviews, and so there's like a, a huge hit on her. So Selena's like, "That's it, I got to do this." And so in this issue, guy shows up, and basically you get the idea that Stephanie, since this whole big thing has been going on, she's been fighting off assassins, off panel, if you want to say, or out. Of, and so this is the sixth guy who's shown up. So, oh, you know, you're the sixth guy who's coming. He's like, well, you're lucky because I'm not here to kill you. I'm here to protect you. And then knocks her the hell out. And I put, I put you know, with friends like that, it's crazy. And, again, you would, you would guess that it is Selena sent this guy. And it would make sense because if you remember, did you read Batman uh, number 28, the issue where they had that jump ahead? Where where so. you saw wow. Bluebird and all oh, that, yeah, yeah. remember? And they're like, "Here's the problem with Gotham," and and Selina opens the door to Batman, and it's a tied up Stephanie Brown. Right. Well, the whole thing is that's like everything's been moving towards that, and in this issue, you find, I mean, you really get to see that it is the next couple issues. You you would think, uh, in the issue, a really good part is. Um, when they're going, when Tim, Jason, and Barbara are going to find out with this nanovirus, Harper wants to be involved, of course. And yeah. Tim basically says, listen, I want you to stay back. We need you. You're a tech girl. We need you to kind of run that. We need you to be giving us the, you know, the intel and giving us order, you know, talking on the, the thing and yeah, basically staying out of uh, harm's way a bit. And she wants to get involved. It's her brother that's, you know, her brother has the nanovirus. She wants to be in. And Tim has a little deal, which, again, it, it is a very forced foreshadowing thing, but I did like it where he says basically to her, listen, you don't want to put on that mask because when you put on the mask, your life is done. Your normal life is gone. And that, I really like that part And that well. will consume you. And it really was good. And what made it really good is that it didn't mess around at the end of the issue. You know, not to spoil tons of things, but Tim, Jason, and Barber are kind of uh, not even just incapacitated, but they've switched sides. And, up. Yeah, they're nanobots now. The nanovirus is in them, and they're they're fully taken over. And uh, Harper, right away, she's got to do it. So she puts that's the last part. She puts on the mask, and she's getting ready. And there you see her. She's now. It was a really cool issue. I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't care for the majority of it though, with all the nanobots. I thought it was silly. Yeah, yeah. All the stuff with uh, Harper and like the, the decision to become the hero was yep. really the core of the and, story, and it was really good. And again, it, it, there's the two parts. To get to that issue of Batman, you need to have Stephanie Brown captured by Catwoman. Yeah. And you need Harper to be. It is Bluebell, right? Bluebird. I mean. Bluebird. Bluebell was. Uh, yeah. What was, Bluebell uh, was in the yeah Got, yeah. Gotopia. Gotopia. And, uh, yeah, you needed those two things, and I really like it. Again, I love Kyle Higgins. He's one of my favorite writers. And yeah. this this issue may not have been the uh, most – well, again, I didn't even mention that. Also, you find out who is involved with this nanovirus as well as – who basically is behind the, the tech, at least, of what, yeah, of what did uh, Gordon, why – James Gordon saw the gun and all that, which started the whole issue. And I, I'm not a big fan of the the guy who it is, but I said to you even before we started that you're not telling. What's that? You're not telling. You're it's 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 Mad Hatter, <laughs> and I don't like Mad Hatter. And but because 
of what it is. And I even think they're like, oh, man, you're stepping up your game. And it, it does make sense of what he's doing. Instead of yeah. putting silly little hats on people and the, he's developed a nanovirus what is going to control these people. And, you know, again, he's crazy. He thinks he's doing the right thing and whatever he wants to play around with. But I really did like it. And, again, now you've seen – now is this the guy who's fully – it can't be that he's the main, main villain, but he's definitely the guy who's involved with doing a lot of the stuff that started the book and, and getting it going. Again, maybe he is the main villain. I don't think that happens. No, it seems so odd. But again, I like the part where now we're getting to where we had already seen that flash forward uh, issue, and now right. we see how it's developed. It's finally, finally to me, up. and to me, this is one of the first issues where I read it. And I thought, okay, I, I have a grip of what's going on, and I see that it's going. And also, I was going to say before, it's it's a fun issue. And Batman Eternal has had very few fun issues. Most of, And almost every one is with Jason Todd involved somewhat. Right. And But again, it's been so dark and, and stuff and again I guess people that's a lot of people that's what they like with Batman but I know I again do. this issue to me maybe it was even good because where was Batman there's no, yeah, no, no Batman in the issue and I did not mind at all and no I'll I, say I don't normally read Batman Eternal I read this one because he asked me to and I, I like all the interactions between all the, like the, the sidekick, not the, like, yeah, know, yeah. the sidekick character yep. once where, and I love all that interaction together. But once they got to the main mission, it just kind of felt silly and dopey to me that they just kind of rushed in head first without any like, you know, knowledge. Yeah. And then like the, the core of the story though, was the bluebird stuff where the Harper wrote taking on the mantle of this bluebird mm-hmm. now. And that was the best part. And the rest I could do without, really. Yeah, well, uh, I gave it a 9 out of 10, and I am by far oh, the shit. highest of the people that we, you know, look at. In fact, I goes, would not have given that a 9. Oh, I, again, it's one of those things where it might just be that because of the uh, – I've been beaten down by this book that I actually right. read it and enjoyed it. That it, you got some fun. So you I'm telling you, if we fun. had – yeah, if we had a um, – a rating where we just gave fun factor that's basically what my nine was it was the fun right. factor i did really enjoy the art I, I agree with you that that jason todd was a little off with his red said, hood the rest deal. of the book looked great yeah I, I, I didn't really care for the way the like the mad hatter's jerk off face looked, but yeah it, it wasn't bad you know no i i really liked it but uh we have i believe one last book right all right yeah it's, uh, just, yeah it's justice league united number what the hell number is that? Eight. Eight. Oh, good. Eight. Number eight. That's the reason I, I'm not sure. I didn't think about what it was because I have not reviewed this book yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I did read it, though. It's, uh, you know, Jeff Lemire's writing. Uh, Neil Edwards is on pencils. But I I don't know. I read the title. Uh, the title. I'm fucking uh, not. You read the read title, this, huh? I, I read the title, yeah. That's so I it. I read the issue. It's a pretty good title. More, Justice League United, good title. Yeah, that is, I'd give it on. an 8 out of 10. <laughs> I think people wish my reviews were like that That'd sometimes. That'd be good, yes. I think sometimes they think mine are. <laughs> well, no, I, I haven't reviewed it yet. I, I want to read it again and think about it some more before I actually do it. I'm going to do it tomorrow. But this whole series so far is just, like I said about the other time, meh. You know, yeah. like like uh, Green Lantern Court. It's just that we're doing the same things over and over again in this title. 
you know, a bunch of fights, and then we're in space, and then some more fights, and we move over here, some more fights. We have the Legion of Superheroes, we have the Justice League United, we have Bife and all his goons. Which, again, right there sounds it sounds awesome to me. It, it does. It should. I'm telling you, I love every idea about this book, all the characters and everything. But then when I read it, I get bored. Mm-hmm. And I just want something new to happen. I'm like, I can't wait for the storyline to end so we get – like, I want to get back to Earth and just do regular superhero team stuff. Like the stuff that they're doing, dealing with right now feels like it should be a regular Justice League story. Okay. Because, like, you know, we have Green Arrow in space. You know, it's like this doesn't seem like him That's, to Again, me. though, it sounds awesome. Yeah. But I'm I know saying, what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying it sounds awesome, just the idea of it. It should be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to love this title because I love all the characters involved. Jeff Lemire is a great writer. Yep. I, I'm I looking at the for... issue right now, and I really like the art this month, too. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Neil Edwards always does great art. Yep. I'm saying everything about this book should be, a, for me, a 9.5 out of 10. But it's not. No. Every but... issue is so-so. Like, by the time, this, this most likely will get a 7 to 7.5. I was going to ask you if, if you had that. a sneak preview of a score, so 7 to 7.5. That's, right not, now, that's not awful. It's not awful, no, but it's not as good as it should be. Um, mm. But it, it really moved fast. It really seemed like a short issue when I read it because nothing really happened. We had the Legion fighting the bad guy in the future, and then knowing that the other part of the Legion already went back in time to try to stop it back in time, and then them realizing, you know what, uh, Dream Girl even said, no, we have to stay here and fight for the future. They go and fight, then immediately the next panel, let's go back in time. I was really put off by this line. Okay. And so they go back in time with reinforcements to stop uh, um, Infinitus from ever being created. And then he's created. It's like It, it seems like, it's been, like the whole issue was two minutes after the last issue ended, and everything took place within those two minutes. That's crazy. And I just really felt underwhelmed by the, like, the end of reading. I'm like, I just want this storyline to be over and we can move on to something new no. and hopefully more exciting. Uh, you'll, you'll be getting that. Is this one of the books that we were saying that I would take over from you? I don't think it is, right? Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't have that list on me. I, yeah, yeah. I want to say you did take JLU off. I think I did. Because yeah, I so. took Justice League Dark and Justice League. And how things will go I, I, when we usually do this. I'll take it over and it'll become and it, awesome. It, it becomes great. You'll love you it. I hate you for yep. whatever that happens. Yeah, and it happened. It, actually, I thought that was happening with Batman Superman, and it, it didn't really hit as high. But then I took over Supergirl, and I've loved it. Yeah, I'm telling you, I love Supergirl now, too. And it yeah. was just really getting annoying before. But now it's really good, and I wish I had it back. Yep, and I do it. So uh, that wraps up the books. And that right. probably wraps up this because, man... We uh we got long winded as we always do and it's stop. it is early in the morning now. Jesus Christ, this really? is way past my bedtime. Just to, <laughs> not to uh not to throw like dates and times or whatever, but it is one thirty in the morning and I usually go to bed at like eight thirty. So that I'm sure if anybody would really follow the site they would notice like man that chim never does anything after nine o'clock. But man, Eric, <laughs> that guy's up. But yeah, it's getting pretty late. But that was pretty good, and uh, hopefully next week we have uh, some better books. I I, yeah, I, I don't know I was, if you have I was the list. By the time I did the first three uh, reviews, because of how yeah. bad they were. Yeah, I I don't have the list for next week, but I think it's another one. I think we kind of have like six or seven books each. 
and hopefully they'll be better. Of course, we'll be we'll have our weeklies. And, I'm saying uh, I, I know some of the titles coming out next week, like Justice League, Batman, Robin. The ones I have. Oh yeah, those I are big. Big titles for me. Yeah. What do I have? I don't know. If that Come matters. on, hit me. Hit me with something. Something good. But yeah, I, again, my if we were gonna do a pick of the week, my pick would be Grayson, easily. That's by far my my favorite book this week. And oh, uh, the Constantine is definitely my pick. That's of course it is. He can make out with himself whenever he's making. He likes. That's every issue now. It's gonna be making out with his sideburns. I, I do know. That's one thing I would like to say. Jeremy Hunt been drawing Constantine with these really shaggy sideburns, almost like a Wolverine you ass. I love it. I cannot get behind those sideburns. It's like that uh, Mr. Burns baseball team. Yes, yes, with uh, Don Mattingly. Shave those yeah. sideburns, Mattingly. <laughs> so I don't have any shaving his whole head. The Jeremy Hong got back at that time. I, I, I like the way his, you know, he's, he was telling how he did that on purpose, that he's not yeah, changing yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Now you think he's just screwing with you. Oh, I, I, because I you're a pompous ass. Yeah. <laughs> he's just doing them now just because of you. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm that important in his life. <laughs> And now for something completely different. And we're back, and we have Ryan Clark, who everybody on the internet probably knows as Brightest Daycare, here to do a little segment that we're going to try out. What it is is we don't get to do anything but DC Comics on our site, uh, mainly because, as Eric keeps reminding me, DC Comics is in our website name. So we figured that we'll have Ryan on to talk about anything and everything that isn't DC that's something big. And this week there's something very, very big that came out, which is Star Wars number one from Marvel. And Ryan, uh, you can take it away and tell us a little bit about it. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Gareth. I'm excited to to be able to talk comics and who, who... Doesn't enjoy the idea of getting to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, comics. really. Star Wars in general. That's true. I mean, I could talk talk all day about that. Well, actually, before we even start about the comic, uh, tell us a little bit about your history with Star Wars. Well, I've been a longtime Star Wars fan. I think I was six when I got the uh, the first A New Hope on VHS, which I still have. And, and I still have mine too. Yeah, <laughs> and and watch periodically. And from there, it's just been anything I could get my hands on. Um, you know, action figures, mm-hmm. comic books. I, I've even got my my two year old. We've started watching uh, Star Wars Rebels, the new animated series now, so that I can pass on that <laughs> obsession yeah. to Do him. Do you like Rebels? <laughs> it's been. It's been pretty good. I mean, it's obviously not not quite as, you know, 
story driven mm-hmm. as the, the the original trilogy. It's definitely more character driven and plays at the the bright and shiny small people audience. It's definitely yeah. kid friendly, but now um, also kind of along with that, were you? a um expanded universe kind of guy were you a guy um not so much i i stuck really with the three and then unfortunately got into those other three movies as well Um, the 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 really as far as my expanded universe um experience went is i actually got really into i forget what year it was but the the shadows of the empire Mm -hmm. Uh, which was basically, which was basically George Lucas putting the full weight of the Lucasfilm machine behind a story without a movie. Mm-hmm. So it was released as a prose novel, which I read, a graphic novel, which I read, a Nintendo 64 game, which I played religiously. Yeah. <laughs> and it even had all the merchandising of like action figures of the general Shizor character and all the other stuff to go along with it. So I was able to really experience the full Star Wars mania with that, but not have to deal with the other films that he made up until that point. So it was really nice. But I, I was so into that game when it came out for the N64. Uh, Dash Rendar was the new Han Solo for a new oh, generation. Absolutely, he. I mean, he was such a such a bad dude, and it was like <laughs> everything you loved about it was because it was like he was Han Solo and Pretty Boba Jedi. Fett. <laughs> yeah, but it was like Han Solo and Boba Fett because he got to use like the jump pack and stuff in that. Yeah, yeah, I had problems with the game because I was awful with the analog stick. Oh, man, I was so bad with it. I, my one buddy got a uh, Nintendo 64, and I was so excited. I, I went to play, and I'm, I'm an older guy. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'm older than you as well, Ryan, because I saw the New Hope in the theater. Yeah, yeah I was, no. I was uh, and at that point I was eight. So I'm an old man, but so by the time the Nintendo 64 came, I, what's this analog stick thing? And I hated it, but I still I I suffered through and I played the game, which I loved as well. Right. I was terrible at it. Does yeah, not no. hold up though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the, the gameplay is terrible and the graphics are as blocky as can be. But getting to yep. to pilot through pilot a spaceship through an asteroid field getting to drive uh, a speeder bike mm-hmm. getting to fight an ATAT and then getting because it was the first level was where you're in the the Hoth snow yeah. yep it's like it hits it hits all those those key Star Wars notes Is there actually anything after that because I, I never ah. got past that. <laughs> I was terrible. Yeah, there was a lot of There actually that was. That wasn't yeah. the game. It wasn't just on Hoth. No. <laughs> no, that was, yeah, that was your your uh, prelude. Ooh. That was the very beginning. All right. Oh, I... Because you even got to do, because it, it incorporated, um, like, the, the space battles and the first-person shooter-type stuff. It, it really had a lot of... Of elements to it, but yeah, I'm sure it does not <laughs> does not stand the test of time at all. Well, and also with with the movies, we were, I talked to you a little bit before this, and I said that we'd probably ask you to to list the movies from best to worst in your opinion. So I want to hear what you say. All right. Well, if if I could only pick three 
it would be uh, Empire Strikes Back, then New Hope, and Return of the Jedi. And if I have to yes, rank all you six, have to. It, then it would still be those three in that order, and then I would go two, three, one. Okay. Because Phantom Menace is, is by far the worst and I, worst and most pointless. I disagree on that films. Um, I was talking to Jim before when we were talking about having you on, and uh, we were talking, and if you had any of the prequels in your top three, we'd be assholes and just cut you off right there. But uh, I can't, <laughs> I feel well, that Empire yeah. is Empire is the strongest flick, then it goes New Hope, then Jedi, but for mine mm-hmm. it would be uh, Sith, and then uh, Phantom Menace, and then Attack of the Clones, because as, as much as everybody hates Phantom Menace, it had some really good moments. Like People give shit about the... Um, uh, what the hell? The pod racing scene. I thought that was fun, and also we had that great uh, fight at the end with the duel of the fates uh, soundtrack going in the background, mm. and it really just blew me away at the time. The rest of the movie I don't like, but Attack of the Clones I don't find any redeeming quality to it all. Uh, I mean, I thought that at least visually it offered more than Phantom Menace did. The only thing I could say positive about the Phantom menace was the pod racing which literally had nothing to do with any story ever <laughs> not at all george lucas all. george lucas was just like look at how much money i have oh, to yeah. throw in cgi it made a really great n64 game though yeah i actually played that i was good at that yeah, another game i played an awful lot of and uh in mine actually i'm the only one here then my that's my favorite is new hope and then empire then jedi and then, like Eric, I think I go Revenge of the Sith, uh, Phantom Menace, and then Attack of the Clones. I, Attack of the Clones, I've only seen once. It was at the theater. I haven't seen it again, so maybe if I went back and watched it again, maybe I'd have a different opinion. But, man, when I left the theater, well, when I left the theater of Phantom Menace, I was completely pissed off. And then Attack of the Clones, I left the theater Attack of the Clones, and I swear to God, they may have had to wake me up. We went to a 12 o'clock showing of all the prequels, and each time I just, just, I'd had enough. And I I told Eric about this, where my one, I have a buddy, which I'm sure everybody, and you may be that guy, Ryan, but I have this one buddy who is the Star Wars guy of all our friends. And this guy, I'm telling you that... He is such a Star Wars fan, and we went to see, forced all of all of our friends to go see uh, Phantom Menace. And then afterwards, it was one of the saddest moments I've ever had, where mm-hmm. he tried mm-hmm. to convince himself and everyone else how great a movie it was. And you could see yeah. he just didn't mean it, that he, he just hated it. But he his whole life is, I'm telling you, this guy actually moved to get a house and add an addition for his collectibles. This is how big it is. This is his thing. That's what he lives for. And it just, I could see that it just, it came crashing down. He died uh, a little he inside did. that yeah, night. I know he did. And the, again, what we were talking about even uh, earlier before we started recording about getting variant covers and things with comics, he really had a struggle because he was really big. He's a huge collectible guy. And once they announced the prequels, he really had to make a decision. Am I still going to do this? Because now it's it's this much more. And, and it, he still went with yeah. it. But, man, he really was upset. And I, I said there when we were talking about this, having you on as well, that we he had probably, I'm telling you, 30 to 40 people we went to see Phantom Menace. He had tons of people. It was a midnight show. He knew somebody at the... 
Well, then the attack of the clones, all of a sudden it was down to like 18 people. And then uh, Revenge of the Sith, there was like six of us. And every everybody had bailed. It was it was so yeah. bad. But, yeah, I... and now, again, the big news before was obviously that Disney and Marvel and uh, Disney basically got Star Wars. So that was huge. And they're going to come out with the movies. Well, now Marvel, owned by Disney's coming out with the comic that we're talking about today and star wars yeah. number one and uh i do you have a lot of friends that read comics or you have a um i have a, i have a few okay. and i actually um over the last this last year i started um hosting a comic book discussion okay. group at a new comic shop okay. Um, which is actually about 45 miles from where I live currently, but it's where I it's oh, where I, I lived when I started okay. it. Well, and in the so. people you know, was ever was everybody were they all excited about this comic? Definitely, okay. this one was was a, was a, a well hyped book. Okay. Yeah, because again, me and Eric do a DC comic site, but we also mm -hmm. have a pretty uh, insulated life where we don't really talk to anybody about comics but ourselves and, yeah. and i can't i when i heard this comic was coming out i was excited about it but not i don't know uh did you read the brian wood comic the pretty much the last one on uh, dark horse yeah i did and i actually um never got around to finishing it because i was <laughs> A couple issues behind when when they announced okay. that that Star Wars series was ending and it was going to revert yep. back to Marvel. So I still have like an arc and a half of that story left to read, just so someday I can yeah. go back and have new Star Wars. Yeah. Well, what's weird with us is when that was announced, we were excited for that. I mean, we were so, so excited. excited for that. Both of us talked about it. We work together, so we talk about this stuff all day on on the company dime. But we were talking about. Uh, the the, the, the <laughs> yeah, oh yeah the Brian well no it's not that's why we talk about comics because it's the worst <laughs> but uh, we we talked about this Brian we couldn't wait and we the the first cover I think it was that when we saw it it was like a a real Star Wars poster like oh my God that's like a movie I, poster we can't wait it's gonna it's gonna be between Hope and yeah, Empire it's gonna be so great, great. And, and then we kind of, it was weird because separately we read it and we kind of talked about it obviously we didn't review it or anything like that but it was more us talking about it and things and then we both kind of fell off of it and we kind of lost the zeal for it and i i actually i think i got through six issues and i can't say that it was because it was bad because i thought it was it was good it just i don't know it it just lost the spark for me so when I got bored out of my mind, and then this comic was announced, and again, oh, you hear, and I don't know, it just it wasn't the excitement that I had for what I what I should be excited for, which Star Wars is mm. one of my favorite things, in you know that I've Life. had, yeah. Really. <laughs> if movie wise, if you would ask me, not just name your favorite Star Wars movies, New Hope is in my top five movies of all time. I love it. We and in fact today we watched it today. Me and my kids watched it today, and I just I love it. I love every bit of it. I could watch it over and over on a loop. And yet, mm -hmm. when this comic was announced, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was that again. It's another comic between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. If it's 
that it was the I I don't know why, but it just I didn't get that hype. And but then I hear a million pre-orders, a million copies were were shipped out, and that, uh, like that's ridiculous. And I know that there's some the numbers are skewed a bit from different that loot crate had a variant things like that and people had to buy things for variants but it, it blew my mind and it shouldn't have because it is star wars but maybe it's because the prequels are still in my <laughs> mind i don't know what it is it just but i it obviously people still want these original characters and stories in them absolutely and so tell us a little about the comic well, um, like you said, with the the Brian Wood stuff, it's it's picking up between episodes four and five. Um, it's written by Jason Aaron, who's kind of all over comics mm-hmm. lately, and it you know just is sort of revamping that sort of expanded universe in between New Hope and Empire, um, and the story actually follows. Um, Han, Luke, and Leia as they go to a um, a munitions factory planet post the destruction of the Death Star to do some some rebel insurgency. <laughs> Turn up the no good. Exactly. And um, you know, as as they're their best laid plans are want to do they fall apart pretty quickly you know it's a boring conversation anyway moment yes, happens exactly. pretty early now on. i want to ask you i mentioned this to eric earlier do you think that han mentioning the death star being destroyed is such a dick move to I, there's these imperials <laughs> there and basically the biggest thing that uh, it's i i hate to say but it is the imperials 9-11 that happened oh absolutely and yet it, it would be like somebody coming here to america after 9-11 and just throwing it in their face and i just i yeah. really i don't know that it it rubbed me the wrong way but it kind of made me laugh in the wrong way that it he shouldn't yes, have said that that was so it's hot it is han but man that was that that's cold it's kind of a low blow for it him to bring really the a death low star. blow and, it, and I mean I mean to 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 make the parallel between you know the, the America and the Empire it's like at least America wasn't a you know yeah, yeah. super fascist exactly. military that makes we have our we have our flaws but we're not that yeah bad. I would say yeah that is a big difference but still man he really it took him you know five seconds before he threw that one in and just oh my gosh but yeah go on i, I i'll just interrupt yeah. occasionally but yeah oh that's that's fine and yeah the the closest thing we have to darth vader is joe biden is so true. i don't think anybody, i don't <laughs> I think interrupt that throw. For a second. i just want to interrupt for a second there because i at that same part there, i really loved the inclusion of forlom uh identifying who han solo was because you didn't see him again as one of the bounty hunters but i liked it i didn't like it because you know, we have a galaxy, but all of these characters are so interconnected. Mm-hmm. It's, why are all these characters always together? I mean, uh, it's a huge galaxy, but we only get the same amount of characters. It, it, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but I and, also really like seeing Fulham. Yeah, that, and it, but uh, that was kind of the same thing that I, I had issue with, is that um, Luke and Leia are wearing the same costume that Lando wears in yeah. Jedi. Mm-hmm. 
Like, is is the the Star Wars universe um, costume department as limited as, <laughs> they, as Star Wars was to, in this? Yep, they went to the Halloween store and all they had were the, uh, I guess the uh, Java palette. Well, he's supposed to be from Java, so that makes sense. But still, it really, yeah, it gets you. I was waiting for that pull down the mask moment. How Lando did the, <laughs> that you know, it's him. But uh, but I I really I'll tell you. When it started, again, I I came from where I'm like, okay, here's a Star Wars con, and I it got me right away. It had everything that like the beginning really grabbed me, and it was definitely Star Wars from from the get go. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And just like we said about Han, even though I had an issue with the mention of the Death Star, that the the voices that he gets in here, they're they're them. It really oh, it's a hundred percent accurate yeah. voices for the characters. Oh, yeah. What I had had thought, I don't think I, I wrote it in the review I posted, but I love that Luke is totally his pre-Empire mm-hmm. self, where he's like, he's kind of that like punky teenager, but he's also like imbued with all this new power, mm-hmm. so he's ready to go like mess stuff up. So he stumbles upon the the cage full of slaves that run the munitions factory, mm-hmm. and without missing a beat, instead of being like you know little backwoods blue milk on his lip farm boy he's like well i gotta i gotta cut these people loose and the the slaver kind of got what was coming to him he did now another thing is when we first got the book and we were looking at it digitally at, at work i mistakenly thought that the outfit he was wearing was what he wore on bespin but it's in fact the, mm-hmm. the metal ceremony outfit and again, mm-hmm. so it's like right after you, I would hope because I would hope the guy <laughs> has more like he has a tunic and that's it. Like they gave him that ceremony outfit and he's just going with it. He's wearing it every day. Like it's a Superman oh, hoodie. Shut up. I mean, he's not, it's a he's hook. not wearing wear a more than one goddamn day. You should still be wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I'm guessing, like you said, that this is. I mean, as long as you as long as you wash it periodically. That's true. Uh, you would figure though that they kind of throw the stuff in mainly because they want you to know that this is so close mm-hmm. to after the fact. That and I again that that's one thing I really liked about it that they're, they're organically kind of giving a timeline. It doesn't say, you know, three weeks after yeah. this. It, as far as I can tell, it didn't say that in the the right. and. The other thing that I I forgot to mention at the very beginning that I really liked as well is they use uh, C-3PO as kind of a narrator to to Mm -hmm. tell Mm -hmm. what had happened and how they're – but it it seems so natural to what C-3PO would do. And it's such a clever way to do that that you're caught up. You know exactly what they're going to do, and it's because C-3PO is being so annoying that that, (laughs) that's what he would do. He would tell you exactly what you are doing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, he's and and it it definitely helped to take the place of the narration mm-hmm. blocks. Yeah, I thought, and it in the story and really helped it flow nicely. Mm-hmm. I thought. And and then you continue with the comic then. That... Yeah, um, and so they're you know freeing the slaves and trying to get off planet, and they find out that. This sort of mission that Han Solo is sort of not taking, but they're under false pretenses for. Um, They're there to meet Darth Vader, Mm -hmm. 
So who? That's you know. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> extreme. And again, so soon after you know. Yep. After they blew up his Death Star, oh, yeah. for him to find out that Han Solo was there, I'm sure there. Are, and then he he immediately, you know, gets gets uh, shot at by Chewie in the, that sniper nest, which was a gorgeous scene when they do. I like, thought it was so good. Yep. The motion trail for the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And that, well, that's that's the one problem I have because the, I wish it was more of a, like a straight line instead of like showing like there's it looks like there's multiple sabers, the way they like they uh, draw it. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you're what you're getting at, but I do like that it it kind of it, it's like he's moving so fast and you're just getting that snapshot. Right. So I I kind of see both sides, but what I really loved was when he used. Those two idiot stormtroopers. <laughs> shield. Oh, that was so good. Ex- it's like my, my favorite part of the whole scene there was after Chewie shot, and then he's mm-hmm. looking through the scope, and there's Darth mm-hmm. using the force push on him. Then all of a sudden, yeah, right, yeah, that was right. So at, good. Oh. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to mention that I really, really liked was that they really explain in this comic then the concept of that. Leia even says to Han, like, you didn't have to use your name. You didn't have to do this. Now you're mm-hmm. one of us. And I really like that because right. there was never – you You ended New Hope, and there's Han. Yeah, he came back to help Luke, but, man, he was ditching them. He was going. <laughs> and they have the, the medal ceremony. Then the next thing you know, they're on Hoth, and that – one of the things mm-hmm. that, I, you know, you wonder, like, oh, well, why is – you know, what happened? This guy was – he was heading out. He didn't care at one point. Now he does. And it can't just be because he came back and, and you know, helped Luke blow up the Death Star. That And this already shows that, he, like, at this moment, yes, he cares for Leia and Luke. But it's also that he really doesn't have an option now. He's put himself out there, and he's got to yeah. be there. Uh, I really did like that. It, it shows that he's all in oh, with yeah, the rebellion rather than sitting on the sidelines. Well. Brian, uh, did you play The Force Unleashed when it came out, the video game? I, I did play a little bit of it. I actually, I liked the, the I, did, I played the first one. I didn't play the second. Uh, the second one was I did not. I. I was just wondering, when uh, Vader picked up those two guys and used them as a shield, did it remind you of that at all from the first level of that game? Oh, yeah, when you're, yeah. There's, when you're there's Vader in the beginning, that's all that I saw when oh. I picked it up. I started giggling. <laughs> that's, yeah, that. I could see where that's pretty, pretty closely mm-hmm. taken from that. But yeah, I just, I just remember reading it in the moment, and I was just like, "Well, he really doesn't give a give a shit about anybody." <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> There's stormtroopers. There, boom, shield. This riddled with blast holes. Yeah, they're on the ground after that, just smoking. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh, it was that was great. Um. And then, yeah, with um, at the end when you kind of get um, you get Luke on his own and Han and Leia with the slaves getting into the the walker. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's the almost the the worst place you would want to be because we saw how easily those were taken out. <laughs> but they don't have any tie co- like uh, cables, so it's fine. That's true. Oh yeah, they'll be able to just walk right out. Yeah. <laughs> And then the at the very end, when they set it up as the the sort of to to use a word that's kind of a dirty word in Star Wars vernacular prequel, yes. 
to the to the actual Luke Vader showdown. I want to see what ha- I that that scene just I don't know that actually it seems too soon. It and it and it is and that was my thought is that basically we're going to come back into the next issue and it's going to be a little bit of back and forth between Luke and Vader and then um, Leia and Han are going to blow out that wall with the Walker and take. I, I, yeah, yeah, even so, it it's, just seems it does. It just seems too soon for me to for him mm-hmm. to face him. And yeah. again, yeah. I like though that that Darth Vader senses that it's the pilot that was mm-hmm. there. I like that mm-hmm. that he has that. Um, the the only the other thing that I I didn't like at the one point was, am I wrong that Leia tells Chewie to take the shot? She does. No, she tells yes. him. And she says, if you have a shot, you, you always so shoot Vader. Han says, no, we're going to alert people, whatever. She tells him to take the shot. He takes the shot, alerts people, and then she yells at him that his plan has gone awry. She says, oh, you're planning. She ruined <laughs> here, the plan. Here's the line. Great work, Han. If your plan was to get us trapped, how do, uh, how do we get out of here? I was like, what? That, I was like, I can't believe you, Leia, you, you bitch. I was so angry. Yeah, but, it's kind of a kind of a. Uh, but again, it actually it it does actually. I think that that play back back and forth there was kind of to kind of emulate the uh, the the compactor bit where they're going back and yes. forth there. It, it's it, yeah. I don't it, I don't feel like it was her actually you know yeah, putting just, putting the blame on him for anything that actually yeah. happened. It's her still being. Her still being your highness. Yes, yes she was still and princess. <laughs> she so she told Chewie to take the shot, but because it didn't happen the way it was supposed to, it's everybody yes, else's fault. She, her own. Exactly. You're looking fucked this up, Han. Exactly. Your your big dog screwed this yeah. up. Yeah. And again, the only other things that I really you know like that we didn't say. I really like at the one point where C three PO has to mention that. He has a really good feeling about this. He, they, that was oh, really I, perfect. I love yeah, that. Really and I also like when he, uh, when the Millennium Falcon's getting taken apart by those scavengers. That's, that's, that's that was so good. And I said to Eric when we were talking a little bit about the issue, is I hope that I know there's going to be the, well, in your mind, how long do you think, or have they announced how long this series is before Empire? Um, it, I feel like it's, cause what is it like five like years, three to five years. I thought it was three. Years. So, so I, but I'm imagining that this series is taking place within like within like, 90 yeah, days like, yeah. to six months of okay, the end of, of New what, I, what I would love is that at some point we see what has happened to the, the millennium Falcon that has caused it to have so many problems when they're on Hoth and I was, it would be so perfect that these scavengers grab somebody. Even when I was thinking that when I was reading it, it's way too soon to have that sort of carry over, but, but it could, but it could be a small thing because it's those, those cascading failures or (laughs) go unnoticed. And it is a giant heap of whatever. And it could even be in the next arc. Mm-hmm. They go to whatever spaceport to fix all of the yeah, missing yeah. pieces. I, I actually and, like how um, it's mentioned that it fits well in with that. Well, again, I like that, but I didn't because it was almost such a a forced foreshadowing for how they tried to get away in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Like, 
And I thought, man, that, that really is a forced line there. But I did like the fact that it's in the garbage heap. And it's, they're basically mm-hmm. like, man, it's great. It fits right in. You know? I was going to say, wasn't there actually a line where they say it keeps getting mistaken for yes, or yes. how easily it's mistaken for yeah. garbage? And it's yeah. like, that, wait, that, didn't you use your ship as yeah. garbage in the future? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, such a, it seemed like such a forced line. But I, I still like the concept of it. But yeah, some of the and again, it's it's in the first issue, and they're gonna try to get you know as many things in. And I again, I loved it. I what did you think of it overall? Oh, I thought it was great, and I will will definitely be back for more. Mostly because I just want to see how proficient three PO is with that blaster. Oh yeah, oh, that's gonna be I was so just gonna good. bring that up. That is what yeah, I'm that... looking forward to the most for oh. the next issue. I want to see three C three PO with a blaster. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably holding it from the barrel instead of <laughs> the, the handle. He doesn't know what to do with it, but uh, it's that that right there is going to be the comedy gold yes. yeah. for next issue because the rest of it should be pretty pretty serious yeah. and more action. Yeah. And he should just be like, "Oh dear." Yeah. The only problem is if it ends up like him tripping and and falling over things and accidentally, I'll, I might get a little ticked off. But no, it, it's going to be good. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if uh, I'm remembering this correctly or not. But in the original trilogy, C-3PO never said "May the Force be with you," did he? Anybody remember that? I don't. I I don't think he did. No, I, no. Because he says it here, and it feels wrong. What does a machine know about some mystical force? That's Especially like when that? he hasn't it's, been it's involved weird to make. with it for that. Yeah, I was gonna say exactly. That's like a you know, obviously the big joke with the thing about how even Luke himself, if this is 90 days from. The deal, he's been involved with the Force for, you know, three and a half months. He, you know, he yeah. hasn't even been, but again. He shouldn't be using a lightsaber either. Yeah, no, I don't mind. Yeah. You know, he has it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And for him to say he's he's got a good feeling about this, like that's also, <laughs> that's also really not his no, line either because he doesn't no. really have. He doesn't really have feelings. No, I kind of thought that that but, made it funny, though. That but, it's right, and so it 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 works for what it's doing. And I like that Jason Aaron, you know, can kind of naturally put his humor into the book. Now, in the in this book, you we loved it. All three of us loved it. What do you think? As right. Somebody who is going into it that maybe doesn't know a lot of story. Do you think I obviously this is not. Or do you think, is this new user-friendly? I I mean, and I think I put it in my review, the only thing I feel you really need to know for this is A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, because it does feel like it picks up pretty shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. You could read this and then kind of... I mean, you could even just read the first issue and then be like, oh, I want to see what more these guys have to offer, and then be like, oh, guess what? You have two more movies. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's another thing. Do you think that, I mean, the the new movie's coming out next year. Mm -hmm. Do you think, or this, later this year, year. later this year, uh, do you think that they should have put this maybe after Return of the Jedi instead to get ready for that next movie? Uh, I think that it makes more sense to keep it in the original Mm -hmm. trilogy because that's what people know and that's what, the majority of people actually like is episodes four, five, and That's six. True. And they're and as I'm from, sure by the, 
Sorry, Ryan. I'm saying I'm sure by the time we get closest to the movie, they'll, they will have a tie-in title that happens beforehand anyway. Well, and the other thing is, did you look at the the previews for the other titles? That are, yes. And what did you think of those? There's Darth Vader. Darth Vader, I, I really That's like. Good. I think that. So good. Yeah, he, because it, I just love that you just you just know he just walks in like a badass oh, yeah. and Kieran <laughs> Kieran Gillen Kieran Gillen knows how to write villains. Okay. I mean, between Magneto and Sinestro, he knows how to make bad guys um, interesting and fun to read. And yeah, for him to just stride right up to Jabba in that yep. preview page, and then he's just standing there, like, what are you gonna and do? That that that. Pa- that- Spread page with with Darth there with the showing the lightsaber mm-hmm. and it just looks so great. And if you see Max Rebo's in the back with his hands over his head, it's so hilarious. But, <laughs> oh no, not again! Yeah, and again, there's Bo- Boba I, Fett. I, did, I didn't notice that before. I'm looking oh, at it. Oh, it's now. so funny. He's just back there. Oh no! He's... And then there's the next one is uh... yeah, Max Rebo's. <laughs> the band's getting shut oh, down, guys. Like, oh no, we're done. So then, the, and then the, the next over. Yep, the next preview is Princess Leia, Mark Wade's doing with Terry Johnson, and I don't know that one. I'm I'm not that hip on. Now they don't show anything really. It's... I and they and there's no dialogue no, no. even. It's all just art. But I mean, I really like Mark Wade and Terry, and it's uh, Princess Leia is just a five issue okay, miniseries. Okay. Star Wars and Darth are ongoing. Princess Leia is a miniseries. And yeah, I really like Terry Dodson's art. It makes the, you know, it makes it look pretty interesting. But I think, I think, I think if I was... Yeah, Han looks a little odd in it, but... Uh... Uh, and it could just be the, the angle. Yeah, yeah. Is, um, he's looking down, kind of at him. He's, he's, they're trying to get the the Harrison Ford smirk, mm-hmm. which that's just hard to reproduce anywhere. Yeah. Then there in the, in the second page of it, there's a weird thing where there's those rebel soldiers just looking at each other. Do you see? <laughs> I don't understand what's going on there. Well, the, the guy on the left is looking at the guy on the right, but the guy on the right's just like staring. Yeah, I, I, it's almost like the so, one guy's like, huh, these guys aren't so special or something like that. Yeah, it's so it's, odd. <laughs> and I think the guy on the... Hey, you want to get a call? Sheriff. you later? <laughs> He's like, hey, you want to hang out? Yeah. But yeah. Uh... If you if the, the panel if the panel scrolls down a little bit, that one guy's reached over to hold the other guy's <laughs> hand. He has his hand. <laughs> it's like tapping like, his foot underneath the stall. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is they're, they're trying to accomplish yeah, there. Don't... But without the... Without the dialogue bubbles, it's hard yeah, to really... Yeah, I don't know what's going Yeah, I'm really interested it... to see what's going on there. But, but yeah, but I, I think Darth Vader... Darth Vader is definitely um, up there for yeah for books to, to check out, because it's just like, how... It looks amazing. You know, <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it, looks... it, looks, it looks awesome. Yeah. So... Uh... You that last that last page with Peter I want to have on my wall. Yeah, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, just as a, as a full size poster. Yep. And Ryan, you so, full size poster. I cover the entire damn wall. Jeez. <laughs> now you you bought the issue, Ryan. You, yeah, you I have, have a the print physical cover. What, what cover did you get? 
I just got the standard okay. cover. I thought about I thought about being the Star Wars comic nerd and picking up the whatever <laughs> variant uh, Jackson, the you know the the green bunny, yeah, yeah, the guy yeah. who looks like who looks like that space rabbit character from that '90s animated TV show. Yep. Yeah. I like. the, but yeah, he was only in a few episodes. Or a few issues. I always mix up issues and episodes when I'm talking about TV and comic books because I talk about books so much. But yeah, but yeah, he was in like issue eight of the original Star Wars run, so it's like nobody even really has seen that character. I thought about doing that, and I, I'm unfortunately I'm a sucker for all of the the Scotty Young variants. I I like a lot of those and get a lot of those variants, but I did just the standard cover. Well, that's about it for Star Wars, I guess. And I thank you for yeah. thank you for coming on, Ryan. And awesome, thanks yeah, so much for now, having me. You want to tell everybody where they can read yes, your reviews? Lot, yeah, I uh, my my website. I'm on Tumblr, mm-hmm. which is t u m b l r dot com slash brightest daycare mm-hmm. which is like the DC Comics event brightest day but for baby yeah, that's awesome. so brightest day I appreciate that I I always liked when uh, when I'd write into the comic vine mm-hmm. guys and they would would shout out my oh, my username oh, yeah, the one I remember the one time so, I was pun, listening puns are, puns are yeah, the one time I was listening, and they just out of the blue, they're like, "Oh, what's your favorite, uh, you know, name online?" Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably Matt on it. And he's like, "Oh, Bryce Staker." Mm-hmm. He didn't even. It wasn't even a, yeah. a second he took, and boom, Bryce Staker. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, they know yeah, who that I must am. Be so awesome. <laughs> it was it, it was a very very heartening moment. Oh. And then uh, I'm also on Twitter at BDC Comics. Nice. There's danger in paradise when love turns to murder and Magnum is caught between the killer and the cops. Then on Simon and Simon, a stolen sports car, a beautiful co-ed, and south of the border thugs give Rick and AJ all the trouble they can handle. Wow. Action and adventure, Thursday. Code monkey, get up, get coffee. Code monkey, go to job. Code monkey, have boring meeting with boring manager Rob. Rob say Code Monkey very diligent, but his output stink. His code not functional or elegant. What do Code Monkey think? Code Monkey think maybe manager wanna write goddamn login page himself. Code Monkey not say it out loud. Code Monkey not crazy, just proud. Code Monkey like Fritos. Code Monkey like Dallas Mountain Dew. Good monkey, very simple man. The big, warm, fuzzy secret heart.